Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk. This is our James Bond special and today is Friday, January 10th. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Alright, James, so we're going to be talking a lot about James Bond, right? We're going to be doing specifically uh, the Timothy Dalton uh, movies. There's a whole slew of them, all two. Are you excited to talk about them? I'm more of a Roger Moore fan myself. Oh my. (laughs) Well, guys, this isn't actually James Bond, obviously, because we're we're just not going to do that. That's that's completely random. This is the Star Wars special. Oh boy. Oh my. Oh my god. I've got some opinions. Set phasers to fun. Oh. Stay on the bridge, Captain. That's Star Trek. Hmm? And at this point, I'm starting to think that might be better. All right, guys. So we're going to be talking all about Stargate. Get your Battlestar Galactica helmets on. We're going right into the thick of it. Y'all ready for this shit? Dude, I actually do wonder now. (laughs) Who who would win? The Cylons or the droid army? Dude, I don't know. Which one has better hair? (laughs) <laughs> the uh, when you say Cylon, I'm just literally imagining a bunch of hairdressers, like straight up, or maybe I don't know. It's like I kind of think, um, what's her Madonna? I don't for some reason when you say Cylon. What are we talking okay. about? Uh, they're what's from Battlestar. They're from Battlestar. They're the robots. I don't do fucking. I never watched that shit. What are Toaster you talking heads? about? Get out of here. I don't know. I just I watched Stargate once, and then there's like a cave kid that got blown up, and we all freaked out, and that's about. And was that Kurt Russell in that? In the movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's all I watched. It was really fun. Oh, really? You've literally we, only we, ever seen the movie? No, we, we did a double feature. So we did, my friends and I were at school. We watched Stargate, the movie, and then we watched Atlantis, the Disney animated movie. And we were like, perfect. Weird. <laughs> I don't know why. That's an we, odd we combo. Like, it actually works really well. It's like, oh, let's go to this undiscovered place together. And then there's this craziness that ensues. All right, so guys, we're here to talk about Star Wars. Uh, Here's the full agenda of what's going to be going on. So we're going to start with our impressions slash, I guess you could say, review of Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. We're then going to go into an analysis of the new trilogy as a whole, followed by the Disney films as a whole for Star Wars as a success or failure. Afterwards, we're going to delve into television, uh, which will kind of be included in like kind of Disney's run so far in film and television. Uh, But we'll be including just a quick, just because I'm the only one that watched Rebels, a quick run through of uh, just if Rebels was a success, uh, Resistance, the other show. And then, of course, our review of The Mandalorian, which honestly, quick spoiler, guys, will probably be the most positive note on this podcast, probably. Possibly. And uh, after that, we're just going to talk about kind of Star Wars post Skywalker Skywalker saga, uh, what's up ahead and what never what's not coming up and what is coming up, if that makes sense, Uh, like canceled shit and stuff they've confirmed. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so let's start with uh, Rise of Skywalker. James, how many times did you watch it? I've seen it twice now. I saw it opening night with you at like two in the morning oh yeah yeah it was like kind of fun but like at the same time i was like did i not like this movie that much because i was tired and then i watched it again like a week later with my brothers and no it being fully awake i hated it even more it's oh yeah dude it's one of those things i watched it (laughs) it's one of those things where like the more you think about like the little things the less it makes sense 
And I was just like, get, literally getting like mad <laughs> watching it the second time. I'm just like, this is so stupid. This makes no fucking you just sense. Just sound like God me during uh, Last Jedi, but I also watched it twice. Uh, I saw it a second time, and I'm gonna be honest. Uh, all right, guys. Also, very easily, what if you haven't watched this shit yet? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Spoilers are gonna yeah, be completely be throughout this entire entire fucking episode. But okay, every single time I saw the Emperor. I was laughing. I could yeah. not. It was literally like some bone in my body that just made me laugh. It might be because it's been so long that I've seen him. And so many times, like maybe it was throughout school or just anytime you think about him, especially from like the prequels, you just are like, yes, excellent. Good, <laughs> good, excellent. Unlimited power. Yes. No, and it's no, just all of that. So die. you see that dude every single time and just like, oh, my God, Ian McDermott. All right, I'll say it easily right now. Ian McDermott did no wrong. Like, no. as in terms of his acting as the Emperor, that man is fucking perfect. I loved his performance even in this. Uh, it's just everything around it and the point of him being there, like, as a character, is just kind of like, the fuck, dude? Yeah. Um, I'd agree. But okay. It, it makes no sense him being back, but, like, Ian McDermott, he put us all into being the Emperor again, and he was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And just to make things really easy or more, I guess, organized in terms of it, let's just go through really fast before we hit the story itself and the plot. Uh, how did you feel about the sound really fast? I mean, like always, the sound effects were, were like absolutely amazing. Yeah. Sound and music were spot on. Oh, yeah. I thought they worked really well. Um, I would say the music this time, there wasn't a defining suite or song that really hit it as much as i would say is uh force awakens or phantom menace revenge of the sith you know kind of like duel of fates that kind of thing yeah uh, the music in it was just uh it, it kept you going it didn't take you out it didn't do anything too crazy but john williams kind of keeps a consistent tone with it i'd say uh and then of course the sound is the sound design for it i thought did its job uh there was also like there there's certain times that you hear something and you're just like oh shit uh, there wasn't anything too crazy, but it, like I said, didn't do anything to take you out. It just did its job and made, kept you infatuated with the movie. Uh, how would you say about the kind of like cinematography uh, itself? You got your J.J. Abrams lens flares, of course, as always. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this counts as cinematography, but definitely like the first third of the movie was like edited way too quickly or what. I think that's part. Are you talking about like the pacing? The pacing the... was just like way too fast. Oh, that's. Uh, I would say that's more than of the editing than the. Okay, so I guess cinematography. But... Like, there's definitely pretty shots in this movie. I mean, like oh, yeah. the the shot. I mean, it's in the the trailer, but like the shot of like the Tie Fighters flying into the ice planet to like catch the Millennium Falcon. Like, that oh, yes. was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if this is getting into the movie too quickly, but like the light speed skipping scene as stupid as it was was visually impressive oh yeah very much so um i would say it, it's more of a mix of editing and then of course the pacing of the story itself which we'll get into definitely yeah uh, and then um I how mean, would you say the visual effects were in the practical effects uh i thought they were pretty great i mean like i don't know like i the, a lot of the at this point, Disney like spends so much money on the special effects that like most of the time, I like literally can't even tell that it's like CG. It just like it looks like a, a, a real world. Uh, 
like again i i well we already said spoiler spoilers i just don't want to get into like the whole movie too quickly but this the scene where she where ray is like basically doing like a forced tug of war with that like ship or whatever with kylo ray oh yeah like that was visually really interesting to see because it literally looked like the ship was just like trying to take off and I, I couldn't tell if that was like a practical effect ship that they just like filmed in miniature or if that was actually CG. And then again, spoilers when she like sh- shoots a bolt of like force lightning at it and it just explodes. That actually shocked me. It was like visually in- impressive. And also I was just like, holy shit, what? Uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing I've liked a lot about J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, stuff with like kind of like this in the seven. I'm not sure. I have to. I have to watch fucking Jedi again. But um, all of the use of the practical effects kind of like bring it back where yeah. it's a good mix of it. I always like the hybrid style that they really do with all of it. Interestingly enough, like after I watched the movie the first time, I watched some like YouTube reviews of it, <clears throat> and like one person commented that like they weren't sure if later on when the first order last order blows up kajimi with like the one star destroyer which we'll get into that later but like when they blow up the planet he was like was that a practical effect because like it looked like it could have been a practical effect like they just blew up a i think it was visual and that's the thing is like i when i saw it in the movie or when i saw the movie the second time I was like look, waiting for that scene to like, see. It's like, what? What does he mean? Why? Did, like, I I just assumed it was a, a, a computer effect or whatever. Uh, but like watching it again, it literally does almost look like they've built a miniature planet and then exploded it and filmed it in in like slow motion, and like because that's mm. how you make a miniature look like a bigger thing. Uh, I can't. I don't know. I'm not. A visual effects guy i maybe they just like really uh tricked me with this one but it it really reminded me almost of when the death star destroyed uh alderaan in episode four and how they literally just blew up like a thing and they made an explosion uh so that effect of like Again, as stupid as it is, in my opinion, that every single one of those Star Destroyers has a fucking Death Star cannon on it, like, that effect it alone was visually impressive. Okay. Yeah, I thought, um, if I didn't say for cinematography, I, I really always, pref- I always like uh, the style J.J. Abrams does in terms of just, like, the camera shots. Um, yeah. All the way back from, like, if you watch anything from... Cloverfield, Super 8, Star Trek, uh, this, like, I don't know why. I always, like, the lens flares feels like a, each director has their own style. They always, like, work with their cinematographer on. And some you could tell is more of the cinematographer or others of the director. Kind of like, if they always work together, it's kind of, you always, you don't think about the cinematographer if you're not heavily into film or, like, the really, like, cast style of, like, the people behind the scenes. But, like, I've always enjoyed that he has the lens flares, just like Zack Snyder's got his kind of more dark slow motion type of tone when it comes to it. Uh, But for me, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And then um, the visual and practical effects, like I said, I've always liked that hybrid style, especially when they started in The Force Awakens. 
uh, this one they continue it, but yeah, the pace, <laughs> the pacing, uh, doesn't really, it kind of takes you in and out where you're just like, oh, oh, oh my god, these 3D glasses, bro. I'm so glad, dude, um, could you imagine watching this shit in 3D? I, no, I, no, I, I refuse. I was fucking... <laughs> Fucking get your Captain Crunch glasses out of your cereal box and strap in, boys and girls. Shit's gonna get a bumpy ride. But okay, so I just wanted to run through those fast. There's other categories, of course, guys. We're not gonna do that. Uh, that was just kind of like the base stuff. Um, but now, in terms of movie itself, we could quickly talk about the pacing. Um, obviously, it was all over the place. Oh, uh, You'd go. Yeah. It, it's like the most like short attention span fucking next stop next stop next stop not talking about the hyperspace skips or light speed kicks where it's like oh pose taking like from one planet from to the planet next to planet in like a second that was more like oh shit he's that's crazy i guess he uh, doesn't need more like droid to like calculate his jump so he doesn't jump into a planet or whatever oh he's just yeah. doing every jumping into planet atmospheres over and over again like han solo was like he, he's the best pilot james apparently like you know you, you can't see but my hands are flailing right now yeah, apparently han solo ain't shit compared to poe well he made the kessel run in less than um 12 parsecs so yeah it, it was 12 parsecs right i don't fucking care anyway um the pacing for the film itself like not talking about that but uh in terms of like acts to scenes uh from like oh here's ray training to here's kylo ren to here's i thought uh, this next jump in the arc yeah. of let's go to this planet next, or um, we have to do this next part of the quest or storyline, things like that, uh, was very much like there were so many things happening that if you ask the average person, not a very in-depth fucking computer logged into their head person, but like, oh, what, what were the planets in this movie? The average person's going to be like, Oh, uh, you have the one with the ships in it. You have the one with the the uh, the water and the Death Star, and you have the one that gets blown up. Like that's what they're probably gonna say. Like yeah. you just have snowy police state <laughs> pull open your doors, stormtroopers, uh, that gets blown up. But yeah, so like, which they never explained why that Kajimi was under such a military. State I really want to say kimchi, huh? The planet kimchi. <laughs> They blew up my kimchi, you sons of bitches. I, it's a very spicy thing I enjoy. But okay. Um, yeah, just... Oh, God. It, it, it's what... Um, so It was actually, like, hard to follow. Like in There's the a couple things that... I'll say this. It's... The weirdest thing was, it's like, the, the fucking conspiracy theorist to me woke up. Which doesn't wake up that often, guys, I'll tell you. Uh, and it was just like, I feel like... This isn't J.J. Abrams' fault, no. and it it isn't. I we there was research done, and there was Reddit posts that could be false, but I doubt they are. All right, guys. So uh, there's small. You'll notice like weird interruptions here. Um, there's some more technical issues actually past the one previously. You won't hear it now because it's all been cut out before this. But it was about like. Like ten minutes. Uh, seven, honestly, like seventeen. Yeah, no, like literally half the podcast we've already recorded. It's been cut out. Um, yeah, my computer decided to freeze, and then I had to restart it. And it recorded like half the podcast. Yeah. So, so we're. Yeah. All right. So, so what we were talking Mac about was, uh, I believe it was pacing. Sorry if you hear something over again. Uh, I'll be trying to edit it as best I can. It's just me a lot of. 
yeah sorry extra work to go through um so you're talking about episode nine being split into two so all right actually just just to start the conversation of this over so chris terrio he's the guy who co-wrote the script with jj abrams for episode nine rise of skywalker he's previously done stuff like uh batman v superman and argo so he actually has a really good uh set of films under his belt that he's done at least so far um for him though uh he said in an interview that initially with the amount of things that went into episode nine he wanted to have it split into two so like a part one part two so basically honestly like episode nine episode ten and with that it would have had a lot more depth and would have just been more comprehensive overall because you would have more you would honestly then have character development which this movie lacks you would have more depth in terms of just plot and story which this movie also lacks and it wouldn't be as fast-paced and kind of like just short attention span disorder the movie and that was one thing that you see then the reason because that it's not because of jj abrams it's not because of chris terrio it's because uh disney wanted to keep it to nine movies they wanted to keep it to george lucas's original vision my original vision which was having a trilogy each time and just doing nine movies all together so because it's like a nice neat package i guess which does make sense the only issue is because this trilogy is very itself uh contradicting of itself uh it then made it so to make it necessarily a more cohesive trilogy or in to make it on a, yeah to make it a more cohesive trilogy it would have had to be in a quadrilogy which would have been four films but then it would have ruined that whole trilogy order nine episodes that whole thing which honestly i'd rather it'd be cooler to see it end with an x because i don't know just personally for me i think that's kind of it's cool to have 10 like the roman numeral of nine is just very much just kind of like oh, this is whatever but, yeah it would have been interesting yeah but it didn't and we got this so but that's at least the explanation for why this is the way it is and why it's like they didn't have full control or anything like that it's very much you have disney overlords looking over your shoulder and telling you exactly how it's supposed to be in a lot of ways yeah and so we're moving then from this to talking about the characters i believe that's where we were previously on it i'll double check again yeah after this but uh just in terms of the characters themselves uh the main ones of course we're just gonna be talking about uh so ray kylo ren finn poe and in this case too um you can consider i don't know if you want to include the newest newer characters like carrie russell and naomi aki's characters i already forgot their names um naomi aki was the um, leader of those ex stormtroopers they're on those horse yeah. things and then uh carrie russell no, was sh- that bounty hunter we should style talk character. about her for a minute cool uh and then of course lando to- and then definitely uh we we wanted to talk about rose uh do you want to just start with her again and just run through fast yeah that i think we situation? talked a little bit about how they handled leia too but i'm not sure if we yeah we we tackled both at once so sorry guys if we're it's more of we we just talked about this literally like ten, five minutes ago ten minutes ago yeah but uh so the whole issue with rose in this one which i stated before uh i didn't like her in eight 
her whole thing was unnecessary because that whole arc she was in was unnecessary. So yeah. it all together just kind of was a waste and un- it just wasn't needed. There was no point of it. And it I didn't think... do anything for it um, for Finn. I uh, will get to Finn right after. So basically... I think personally, I thought Rose as a character was fine, but I do agree with you that her entire story arc for episode eight was like completely unnecessary. Yeah, I honestly didn't like the heartwarming shit either because it was just like, oh, these animals oh, no. and the fucking cubes. Yeah, uh, no, that uh, that shit love. was so stupid. We have to defeat them with love. Well, like, I don't. Yeah, no. that I didn't understand. It's like you're fucking. You're trying to save the rebellion, and you're like, no, but we got time to free these horses or whatever. It's not like they're just gonna like, you know find them later and just put them back in the stables <laughs> yeah and it's ah, god it's I, I just didn't care anyway so the whole thing was oh why is she like not in the new movie and she's like barely in there so she yeah. was supposed to be in there more but her purpose in this one the per- her purpose in the last one was literally just to compliment finn's storyline that was it and yeah. this one her point is to be an anchor for leia so, the the way they did Leia in this was, which I'll say once again, uh, first time for you guys to hear it, but uh, this is nothing in regards to Carrie Fisher and how she passed away, anything else like that. This is specifically for the character she played that is unrelated to the actual actress for Leia. But they took parts of Leia's scenes that were deleted in Episode 7 in Force Awakens, and they basically were able to render her into or basically place her into episode nine to finish off her character in a way that didn't have someone else playing her necessarily or CGing her like they did in rogue one, but instead just like made her there as the actual person. And then they had to work around it a lot, which was probably another Doing all that, honestly, was a con to the movie. It was something that would diminish the movie because then you can't have the original thoughts you would have for it and it just it makes things more difficult. Like It was definitely a challenge to work around the death of such a prominent actress in the, in the entire series. Yeah. And like I said before, they probably could have fixed it a lot better in 8. They could have did things to make it more cohesive. It would have been darker, but it would have been better. It, it actually storyline would have been better. It would have been like, oh shit, she's dead. Damn, that's crazy. They killed her. Yeah, but they didn't. And then we did all this. So, uh, they couldn't get all of. So they wanted to have more of her in there, but not all of the footage they tried to use worked well with this. So it didn't like it didn't transition over smoothly, and it didn't stay up to standards of what they were trying to do. So they couldn't put it in. And those scenes also basically had filmed for more of Rose's with it as well. So because of that, that is what cut out more of Rose's screen time, which would have had her in it more, but it would have been the same role. Not It wouldn't necessarily be anything different with what's going on with her character, but you would have seen her more often, you would say. Yeah, as far as it, what actually happens in episode nine, all we get of Rose is just her seeing Finn as he's about to go on, like the Millennium Falcon to like, go off with Ray for the rest of the movie. And she just says like, sorry, I can't go with you. Leia wants me to like study old star destroyers because I'm an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. So, which makes sense, but you know, it's, it's also like, but why wouldn't you, 
you're assuming that they're the same exact design as the previous Star Destroyers, which they obviously aren't. Uh, and also, wouldn't Leia already be pretty familiar with Star Destroyer, the old Star Destroyers? But whatever. Who knows? But, I mean, it, uh, whatever. So, that character, like, there's nothing new, really. Like, there's, it's not necessarily, the whole thing with Rose, like I said, she's a complementary character. She's not a main character. She doesn't stand on her own. She doesn't have her own arc. She just is there to support someone else in both movies. So nothing necessarily really changes. You just think it does because she was more with Finn that whole time in the previous one. And there was more emotion and things like that. But really, in, a, in terms of what her the point of her character is, does not change. If you really think about it. And then Basically. with Finn, which works with this as well, is it's just... So, like, you have his character flourish and kind of grow in Force Awakens. Like, you're understanding what happened with his character, and you get his arc, which is the guy that's always running, basically. He wants to run away from his, the, the problems that he has. Whether it's... That, I also just thought it was really interesting that he was a, a, a stormtrooper that defected. Yeah. Which it, is something we don't see that often. Yeah, and it made it really a really interesting part of the story. Like, when you watch Force Awakens, like, he is one of the two most interesting characters for the most part uh kylo ren and poe as well but like him and ray like you're the like the two characters you're really following throughout this movie oh yeah and in last jedi they just rinse repeat it's just a different reason instead of him just caring about himself now he's caring about ray and it's still him just running away and then trying to overcome that and fight for something else basically just like the last one so it's really they do the exact same thing there's nothing different and they don't develop his character whatsoever. And then you get into this one and it's like I said, with the pacing, it's not depth with characters or anything else like that. It's very much just let's go through these actions and it's over. We're not really developing these characters anymore for the most part, except for the slightly for just really Ray and Kylo Ren, everyone else, not, not at all. And that makes his character suffer more. And with it, you kind of just, you only have one movie where, his character's done well. And then yeah. after that, it's just like, fuck, okay. Honestly, after episode seven, Finn is basically pointless. Yeah. And that leads to... Which is to sad, because I really liked him in episode seven. Yeah. And then next up, so uh, let's actually run through fast uh, Carrie Russell and Amiyaki's characters. Uh, Carrie Russell plays... Well, actually, we'll do Carrie Russell right after, because we could just transition from her into Poe. So okay. Namiaki's character comes into it. She's also a renegade stormtrooper like her whole regiment is basically stormtroopers that were the kids that were stolen and they said fuck this shit and bounced and yeah, which that i felt was a little unbelievable that like because basically that gets in uh, introduced when they're like fixing up the millennium falcon and she's like giving finn parts to fix it up and he's like hey this is a first order part where'd you get this it's like Oh, on the other ridge over there, we've got a, a whole Star Destroyer that my regiment, like, stole when we defected. And I was like, are you fucking serious? An entire regiment, uh, like, every single Stormtrooper defected at once? What, like, they must have been ordered to do something, like, absolutely heinous for that to happen. Which isn't necessarily 
far-fetched if you really think about it. Like, there, there sure. are times where dumb shit's happened before. Um, and the First Order is not as organized, I would say, as the Imperial uh, Empire and things like that. Like, I mean, you have the Imperials are more, like, so. calm, collected dudes that are like, all right, do this. And you just see their discipline. And then you have the First Order, which is a bunch of dudes that keep shouting and look really angry all the yeah. time. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, does anyone not have any fucking, like, res- I don't know. They just, they lack, they lack discipline. <laughs> <laughs> first order just yeah, likes dude, the, it's just a bunch of the, angry people the captain of the dreadnought in episode 8 was just like fucking furious ah, the entire time ah, <laughs> what are we waiting for fire on the base <laughs> fucking lamest shit um yeah so her character itself wasn't necessarily bad it's just like you're coming in at the very tail end you're like you're nearing the finish line and you see someone else enter the race and you're just kind of like the fuck are you doing here and it's not like from what I heard, there were also scenes from her storyline cut where she was supposed, they were supposed to infer, I guess, that she was actually Lando's like stolen child. And that's why they had that scene at the end where they're like, everyone's all celebrating and uh, Lando's like, hey, where are you from, kid? And she's like, I don't know. Like, well, why don't we find out? Yeah. I would like, have loved it if you like, you know, I had a lot of kids. You're <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like, oh, Lando, you're crazy. You're going all over the galaxy. You're just having a good time. Yeah. And so, like, I I don't know. That scene makes, like, less sense without all the other stuff of, like, she might be his daughter. But, yeah, like, without all of that stuff, she did seem mostly unnecessary other than she just, like, helped rebuild or fix up the millennium falcon at one point in the movie and then for whatever stupid fucking reason cavalry charged the star destroyer quick which i mean they're like oh we can't deactivate their speeder bikes so they don't own speeder bikes they own the horses going down the ship yeah i was just like what 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 how did they even get the horses on that transport (laughs) <laughs> well you see they herded them on and then from there they were like it just right, seems like go. such a fucking hassle i, I like don't know man. one cool <laughs> shot in the movie let's watch the fucking movie man i don't uh, know uh it i i i wasn't honestly that annoyed by it when they just put a bunch of horses on the, the star destroyer i was just kind of like fuck it it's star wars that's <laughs> honestly what i thought i was just like ah ah you know what? at this point i you know Whatever, dude. There's pod racing. I don't care anymore. Dude, um, watching that scene again the second time, I was just like, why do they even have a ground team? Like, because the ships couldn't take out that um, Star Destroyer. Like, the, sh- the ships didn't have enough firepower. They 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 couldn't even take any. They couldn't take out one Star Destroyer. The ships, literally, the first fleet. What are you talking about? Later on, one Y wing blows up an entire Star Destroyer without even using its fucking like uh, bombs. It does. It just, sh- yeah, it just shoots the fucking underbarrel cannon, and the entire star destroyer explodes. I don't know, man. I just work here. I shit you not. Like that, I missed that, that just, scene. Then I, I was I just like, it. I was literally just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like th- these star destroyers are fucking brittle. Like how are how was the uh, the rebellion like losing? Maybe it was, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, uh, the way to uh, at least think of it as in the in a way i would just be like oh it's probably just they've been concentrating firepower on it for a while now and that was just the finishing blow 
Whereas maybe. I think with the flagship, maybe it's more heavily guarded and armored where they can't do as much with against it. Hence why they need a ground team basically to take out the communications array. Oh, wait, no, or was it? it um... Initially, the plan was like, okay, they have one tower on the ground that's transmitting to all the Star Destroyers how to get like out of the uh, space nebula or whatever yeah. around Exegol. Uh, and... Uh, like once once the last order realizes that they're trying to oh okay anyway the, the rebellion's plan was they needed an air team to spot where the tower was and then they were going to drop a ground team to place bombs on the tower to blow it up so the star destroyers can't get anywhere and so then once the first order last order was like oh they're trying to go for our navigation tower. Well, this, the main Star Destroyer knows how to get out of the the nebula or whatever. So let's just like have, turn on our navigation tower, which apparently we have on, I guess, this one ship. And we'll just le- use this one ship to lead everyone out. And so that's why they had to put this, the ground team onto that Star Destroyer. But at the same time, I'm like, but you have Y-Wing. You've shown us this. Once the air team sees the tower, why the fuck doesn't the Y-Wings just bomb that shit? They have bombs. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like, why, why Finn, Finn's ground team shit was, like, unnecessary entirely. They just wanted to, to have some reason to put horses on top of a Star Destroyer for yes. a really cool shot. Probably, yeah. I, that that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but fuck it, dude. That is oh, fucking. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to get too hard on this movie because like there are legitimately shots in in parts of this movie that I do really like. I actually, I'll, I'll be honest. I actually enjoyed this movie. I think it was just because of the. It was just wacky and. I'll be like, whenever they showed Palpatine, all I thought of was the prequels. So in a way. This movie for me fits right into just like the entertaining fun of the prequel movies because I actually like enjoy those movies too. But yeah, I will we'll say, get onto that later. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to Namiaki's character. Yeah. Um, I like I said, like it's kind of late in the game. If you look, if you briefly look really pat like to the previous trilogies you have Return of the Jedi, and by the end of that, do you really have any new characters that come into it? No. Not if you look at Revenge of the Sith, do you really have any new characters that come into it? I mean, you have, like, more of a role for, like, uh, what's-his-face? Um, Leia's adopted dad, who's, like, the Coruscant's uh, senator. I forget his name. Oh, uh, yeah, it's something Organa. Yeah. That's where she got Oh, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bail Organa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And... He just has more of a role in it, whereas he was in episode two uh, as well. So he's not really new either. Yeah, three. Um, he was huge. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like he he had more of a role in three, but he was still in two. Like there, there's no like you don't necessarily add these people to anything. And so in this movie, though, oh, they're just mean. straight up like quick throw in more characters and you get Naomi and Carrie Russell's characters and like fucking Legion General Pride and that shit. So, Namiaki overall is just, she's more of just there for the most part. Like, she also, in a way, kind of compliments Finn because 
it's just like, oh, talking about old Stormtrooper shit, and I'm with you, I'm sticking with you to the end on the Star Destroyer. Um, yeah, the, she's I think they morally, tried to use that scene to say, like, the Force is what, like, convinced Finn and, like, Naomi Aki's character, I can't remember her name, uh, to, like, defect, because they just, like... They described it as just like a feeling. Like they both had a feeling that this was wrong. And yeah. They just like stopped being a stormtrooper. So, and like, I think that was the whole point of her, I guess. Yeah. Because they also like, had, throughout the, se- throughout the movie, they also basically were like, Finn might be force sensitive. I mean, they, they confirm it. Yeah. JJ uh, Abrams literally says it. Like the whole okay. thing, uh, he was, well, t- uh, well, to, uh, at at a we... point in the movie, he says, uh, Ray, I need to tell you something. And then they sink to the bottom of that thing. Uh, what he was actually going to tell her was he was force sensitive. That makes no fucking sense. But that's, that that's literally what everyone says. That's they ask, what do you, what was he going to say? They're like, where was he going to say he loves you? And they're like, no, he's going to say he's force sensitive. Yeah, I know. I've heard that, but I still am like, if you think you're about to die, why would that be the last thing he wants to say? Dude, I don't know. That's that's what they said. That's what they said. I don't... I can't fix it. I can't change it. That's what they said. That's just Mm -hmm. that. That's the fact. Um, So, I didn't dislike Naomi Yaku's character. It's just... No, I thought she was fine. She was fine. It's just she was just there. And you're like, all right. And then we go to Carrie Russell's character, who is basically Boba Fett bounty hunter, Phasma replacement style. Yeah, Zora Bliss. And you're like, well, Phasma's gone. We have to do something. And yeah. it literally, it, it's it's straight up like you need another helmeted character that's just like cool looking that stands out slightly. Uh, maybe people will like that action figure. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, mean, I liked I liked her suit. I liked how they introduced her. Where like Poe was like, okay, we got to go to Kajimi. I know some people on Kajimi that could help us out here. And then like he's about to turn a corner and she just like puts a gun to his head and she's like, I can't believe you're stupid enough to come back here. I'm going to blow your brains out. And yeah, she doesn't, but like, I thought she was a cool character. It's just, again, unfortunately her story arc was also like fucking wasted. It's really just there. Cause they're like, Oh, we need to have C3PO translate Sith shit, but we have to reprogram him to do so. Yeah. It's like the and Republic sh- law or whatever, makes it impossible for him to translate Sith because apparently that's illegal even though the old Republic not even the the old Senate doesn't even exist anymore or whatever so like the laws he's programmed to follow don't even exist anymore but whatever anyway yeah they go to Kajimi that's how he's programmed to get Babu Freak to like undo that shit which apparently is going to wipe his memory but not really, because there's a backup on R2-D2, so he's everything. It's, like, one of the reoccurring things I had wrong with this movie. It's like, there's a lot of, like, stakes that they throw out there that they're just, like, uh, like one scene later or two scenes later. They're like, oh, never mind, everything's fine. It was also just like, oh, no, and then, like, the minute he's, like, wiped, they're just like, can we get him the fuck out of here? We don't want to deal with him. Like, they straight up yeah. don't want to deal with him once he gets his mind wiped. And uh, <laughs> That so- was funny when Poe was like, oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, Babu Feek, my, only- my oldest friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck? 
that was funny. Uh, I actually was laughing at that. That was pretty good. Yeah, the, no, there uh, were legitimately but, funny scenes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but with Zori Bliss, uh, for me, like, she's she could have been a very much more developed character if they had two movies because you get that yeah. sense of her and Poe where it's like, oh, they had a romantic past as well as a professional past at the same time where they work together doing more illegal shit because he was a spice runner. Kind of basically like the equivalent of Han Solo being a smuggler. So it's like almost the same fucking thing. And, uh, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I... The minute they say that, I'm like, oh, okay, great. And he... You, you see more of Poe where you're like, oh, this guy's got more of a past than just being a hotshot pilot who's also a battle commander. And with Zori, like I said, you, you get this cool looking character that you briefly get. And really, she's only good on Exegol. Or not Exegol, fuck. Uh, uh, Kajimi. Kajimi. And she... You, you, you get more from her where... I mean, you not get more from her. You get from her, like, her slightly, like, just basically uh, criminal past. She's been trying to get off this planet that I feel like she could have got on off a long time ago. But I guess, yeah, like, I know, because right? of the... I guess because of the fucking uh, Imperial... Not Imperial. There's, first like, an order, occupation going she, on. Yeah, because of the occupation, it's hard to get off the planet at this point. So I don't really know what happened previously. Obviously, they'll probably do comics and shit to explain that, most likely, I'd assume but they yeah it was interesting to see but i wish there had been some explanation for like why that the first order was so invested in this weird city well they said they they took all the kids there and there was just basically they were finishing off the rest of it oh yeah they, they, they were like, just like stealing all the children and shit. they already finished stealing all the children they were I just see. finishing off their occupation i guess uh but anyway um with her like you just you, you want to get more but then you see her later on because they're the whole thing of like, oh, they blew up Kajimi. You assume she's dead. And then at the end, yeah, when, nah, like, the, she, the full she fucking, joined the rebellion real quick. The, when the full fucking fleet comes in and it's like, look, we've been saved by the world or the galaxy of people. And it's like, everyone's here. Friends alike. Oh, boy. She was, and it's like, she was the one hey, in the wing that blew up a Star Destroyer. She was that one. Uh, so, yeah, she's like, hey, Hatch. So that was post yeah so i was right then that was post the the fleet the first fleet didn't do any damage then like i said and that's why they had the ground force ha! basically anyway so yeah so you get her and it's like look fly boy i'm here too and then you have look it's fucking character you'll want to merchandise off of later because people love mm -hmm. the meme shit for this boy and he's like yeah bobby free god ah, everyone's like Woo! just like kill me kill, kill, hey, fucking Bobo kill freak. me i fucking uh dude i actually I mean, I people are fucking sorry. People, some people are just fucking basic. But like, oh god, I just I never liked porks. It was so obvious. It was just like money things. People say like, oh, they did it to cover the puffins that were on the island that they were filming, and there were the birds there, and they had to like do this like thing for it. But they were also like, oh shit, money birds in the process. Oh boy, so they fucking put them in the ship all the time and fucking porks and then uh in this one they're like well we can't have porks but we'll, we'll put it in the scene anyway uh and then we'll make a cute little tiny mexican mechanic apparently yeah what D dude his accent was totally supposed to be he was a mexican dude oh shit i didn't even realize that but yeah fucking little bastard 
And just like, oh, Babu Freak, he's the standout character. I love it. The internet loves him. And I'm just like, the internet's fucking stupid. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they like it's Baby Yoda, bust motherfuckers. He's the only one. He's plot. He's actually central to the plot. Um, yeah. So Poe. Now we're on Poe. So with him, uh, you literally get a little bit of his past and you're kind of like, I want to know more a little bit, but we don't have time because we're just fast tracking through. And well, with Poe, you want to get more of his pilots too. And you also don't get as much of that. You don't even have Jessica, ha- Jessica Henwick in this one either. She's only in the first movie. You don't know what happened to her. And because... Uh, if you look in the first movie, you have like Jessica Henwick and I always forget the actor's name, but basically plays Snap Wexley, who's in this one. He's in more, he's in there more until he fucking gets blown up. But like, they're the two pilots that you kind of see with Poe that you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then they completely change it, throwing in new pilots in the eighth one where you're like, where the fuck did they come from? Why weren't they in the last one? And then they just get blown up in a heartbeat anyway. And then you go back to Snap Wexley again, and you're like, I don't even know how this has happened, but whatever. Who, like, I love how at the end of episode eight, they're like, yeah, okay, there's like 13 people left in the rebellion. And then episode nine is like, oh, no, no, we still have most of the people from episode seven. They're totally fine. Look at Dominic Monaghan. <laughs> yeah, that guy's bad. Yeah, no, because, well, they said... Basically, they do that bullshit where they're like, you have to look outside of the movies. And then it's like, uh, they, they basically say in some book or comic that uh, all the ones that you didn't see in Seven uh, already left and went to the ron- like a rendezvous point uh, during the, uh, uh, the events okay, of Okay, I can see that. Yeah, no, that made sense. I was just still just like, yeah, it's still fucking whatever, dude. Like, Wait, but then they didn't show up to help at the end when the distress call came in? I don't care. I don't Whatever. Care. I, I maybe they were doing some bullshit. I don't fucking know. So you, yeah, Poe's character. You just get a sense of like, in the last one, he's very rebellious to fucking Laura Dern's Commander Holdo is just kind of this idiot who won't tell you anything and literally could be having everyone work together. And it's just like, we're yep. going to keep some secrets and cause a mutiny. But yep. in this one, it's more of like, oh, it's just because at the end of it, it's basically like, oh, you're being groomed for commander. And in this one, he's basically like, you're a commander. And then they're like, you're not, you're not like the previous leaders. We don't even want you to lead. A-. It's it's more of a, not, I guess that, but more like uh, you, it's trust issues or something. Or jealousy. It didn't make any sense where he's just like trying to get explanations for shit. And everyone's just kind of giving him shit, being like, you need to be a better leader. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening well, right he now? He literally, like, Leia made him acting general when she died, apparently. Yeah. I mean, who so, else? Yeah, apparently there's no one else in the, in the rebellion that's like higher rank than Poe, apparently. Well, I mean, it made, because he was already like, like i said he was being groomed for commander in eight like you could see he was supposed to become the leader and then after this like it's just people questioning him more of or like uh having issues with him it's more of like inner group conflict and that's about it and then it's like all right he's taking control there's no natural transition to it all but you're just kind of like well i assume he's in charge but you never get that feeling at the same time unfortunately because he's more of just like a pilot leader 
but you don't get like that feeling of him as a resistance leader but it's because also like you still have Leia there and it, it just contradicts it all but yeah. yeah so his character like another i didn't i thought it was also he didn't get much of a good arc either so that's another well, failure i just thought on it was that part. odd that they introduced that he had a history as a spice runner all of a sudden because like granted i didn't know this before watching episode nine but like according to one of the like star wars like visual dictionaries or whatever that they made for episode like seven or eight like when they go over poe or poe and his like backstory he's supposed to have been in the rebellion his entire life his parents were rebellion soldiers he's been like a pilot for the rebellion yeah. like literally forever uh in the what is it called I mean, um there's a like four-part star wars comic that's supposed to take place after six and like the cover even has like the whole gang basically like on endor and their celebration outfits and it's like that whole kind of scene of everyone together and in it there's like a guy named like sergeant dameron and it's just be his dad yeah, so, like, I don't know, maybe, it's not impossible that at some point in his life he did say, like, fuck you, parents, and just, like, went off to be a spice runner for a bit, and then, like, realized, like, oh, there's, maybe there's more to, like, this universe, or galaxy, than, like, being a, sp- a spice runner, so, like, maybe that's when he joined the Rebellion for reals, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I just yeah. thought, like... I don't know. I was just Poe was one of my favorite characters from episode seven because I thought he was so interesting and cool and like a legitimately amazing X-Wing pilot. But like, I don't know. I just thought he was like weird in this one. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, it, like a, it's they just didn't have a clear. We'll talk about it in the trilogy part. So next up, uh, Allegiant General Pride. <laughs> really fast it's and him and hux i guess you could say i um, felt like what they did to hux in episode eight and nine was like fucking bullshit because <laughs> i thought it was, just, such it was super weird yeah because in seven you just get like oh this is passionate dude about the first order and you could tell he kind of has a weird like you can see by his face when he like, sees calorani's like snarky of like i'm the better son yeah or no, he legit loves snoke and the first order and truly believes in it and then in episode eight, they like use him for like comedic effect. They like have Snoke slap him around a bit. And, and then like, 90 is still in the beginning, comedic effect. And then. Yeah. It's just like, you're gone. And they, yeah. Like, again, I guess spoilers was just like, he ends up being the first order spy. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, their spy is like basically the first in command. That's yeah, like literally until Illusion General Pride comes in, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? When did he come? And he's like, Starkiller <laughs> bases, uh, blah, blah, blah. And you can see like that sense of him. Oh, and, that scene uh, introduces Hux, a problem like, I have later on where he's like, if we accept the Last Order fleet, they'll increase our forces 10,000 fold. I yeah, did some math on that. So we'll get into that later. But we like, actually already talked about that. No, that was before we started recording. I thought, no, you did. Uh, oh, did you? That was oh, before God. we started recording, because okay. I was like, I just want to talk about it for a minute. But we, we, we'll we get into it later. But, like, uh, I guess when we were talking about the movie as a whole, I don't know. But, like, um, yeah, so I I just didn't buy that uh, Hux would flip on the First Order 
for something as petty as literally his re- his reasoning was just like, I don't care if the rebellion wins. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's I mean, his reason. The the way Hux just gets killed by Pride. Yeah, like the literally only a thing scene you can later. think of when Pride does that. You just get this sense of like, I've de- I have dealt with the fuck boy. Now let's move on as a play. Yeah. It's literally like one scene later. Oh god. Uh what's his name general pride just like he's like call the uh call the emperor (laughs) we found the spy he like shoots hux and i'm just like are you what what was your like evidence you just like did he just thought he might be the spy i don't know uh it's just bizarre it was actually legitimately funny though when uh when basically hux reveals himself to be the spy by like shooting the stormtroopers that were going to like execute uh finn and poe and then he's just like i'm the spy and poe just goes like what like that was legitimately funny yeah like, uh, his reaction just like huh i mean it's it, the whole but then, thing like a second like, later just... i'm just like but that makes no sense though <laughs> yeah it it happened and then you had like hux just felt yeah, once again, after Force Awakens, you just have another character just kind of fucked up in the waters. And, and so they just replaced By Hux the time he reaches the shore, who, you're just kind of like, oh, this is just a, this is another wreck here. They basically replaced Hux with a guy who acted more like Hux from Episode 7, which was just General Pride. Yeah, and he just I didn't... I was okay. He didn't... Uh, for me, he didn't fit because... For someone like that, and the way they do the full reveal of him being like, I've worked with the Emperor the whole time. I've been loyal to you the whole time. I was an Imperial yeah. he officer has like one in line the Empire. He's like, he's like, as I served you in the Empire, I serve you now. It's one of those things where that could have been cool, but it's one, it's one of those things where it's out. If it just uh, gets enveloped with the rest of the Palpatine inclusion, where with the Emperor, it, it doesn't fit because it's just brought in randomly it's not mentioned in seven it's not mentioned in eight it's just thrown in there to the point where it's just at the beginning of the crawl where it just doesn't it just doesn't fit whatsoever which we'll get like i said we'll get to more on the whole issue of the emperor and a, a, a little bit afterwards uh but I'll, we'll just continue down with the characters um the emperor himself uh as a character there's not much to say to be honest uh Nah, that he's just is, like the old emperor. I yeah, he's them. just the emperor. It's it's the same exact shit, uh, but we'll get to that afterwards. So that just leaves uh, Lando, Rey, and Kylo Ren. Which we can just go quickly over with Lando. Uh, he's randomly having him appear in the movie. He just shows up and he's like, hey, yeah. everybody. I thought it was really bizarre that he's like, yeah, so Luke didn't like just go off hiding for like 30 years. He like apparently palled around with lando for a while to try to look for the sith wayfinder thing which is totally not a holocron and like no they weren't even well they, they, they were trying to find that whatever okay so they just like find him on that desert planet which by the way right before they go to that desert planet they they call it the the forbidden desert or forbidden valley or whatever and then there's like a huge fucking burning man parade there that Again, apparently only happens every like 42 years. So the chances of them showing up then is insane. 
but like how is it forbidden if people party there all like every once in a while yeah and it, you're just kind of like that was okay effects wise that but was yeah, the only I thing guess... I, had, I had a problem with because uh you just get this random thing and you're just kind of like fuck i what the fuck's that? i don't care i don't care i yeah. really don't and again and it was visually interesting but like i no not even i just didn't i, I don't like any of it i, I like didn't... it i just was like can we get the fuck out and the minute they show the kids laughing and the little kids with the little fucking the, the snout faces because they're uh, always pig people i don't know why when you see the laughing kid i was like morally just repulsed i was like ah kill them all <laughs> destroy them i don't know please. i thought it was okay it kind of reminded me of like the ewoks or whatever uh yeah those those kids were creepy i, I also liked the the i don't know if i'm getting the name of the uh celebration wrong but it um, it reminded me of the indian like festival of colors or whatever yes you just, like, uh, i just I had a very big indian vibe from this as well which i i, I, I really like that I, the idea of that celebration, I think it's a really cool idea. Like, just, like, throwing colors at everyone. It seems, like, really fun. So, like, I liked that visually in the movie. But, like, again, the fact that it's in the Forbidden Valley makes no they fucking sense. They also shoehorn the question of, what's your last name, Ray? And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was fucking stupid that. and unnecessary. I'm just, Ray. I'm just Harry. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess back to Lando, him being in that desert for, like, however many years like for no reason makes like no sense but well, no, it was he wasn't cool there the whole time he's just like uh Le- it sounds like he met them there like leo was like hey blah blah and he's like cool i'll show up over there and he just appears like he wasn't okay. there that whole time so Definitely he just like not. did leia send him because he knew that place because he had been there with luke before probably and okay that makes that, sense and she then. was probably like also it's like he's the last of the friends that yeah she knows she can rely on yeah, that's true. I don't know. So I yeah, thought you it get was, Billy Williams cool seeing... pop up, and you're just like, okay. That's I thought it was weird, cool seeing him. But I also him. like Billy D. Williams, and I like Lando, yeah. so I'm not going to complain for the most part. Like, he and... did have one of my favorite scenes, although, again, I have problems with it. Like, at the very end of the, like, battle, or towards the end of the battle at the end, when everything seems lost and Poe is, like, broadcasting to everyone like i'm i'm sorry everyone i really thought we had a shot and uh but like there's just too many of them and then you hear over the radio lando say like yeah but there's more of us poe i thought that was fucking fantastic and like the fact that like thousands upon thousands of just like civilians show up in their ships to fight the first order which again makes no fucking sense because they that didn't happen in episode eight when there were less stakes but whatever uh well no one cared about the first order but everyone's like i remember the emperor yo fuck i want the emperor again maybe i think they morally the way they do it they're they're morally just like yeah i emperor is a bigger threat but also it's jj abrams versus ryan johnson what they're gonna do too and overall lando i thought was done well you even get a freaking appearance by wedge antilles yeah that was insane i fucking wait okay we'll talk about old people afterwards uh because that's like my favorite part is just old i'm like oh boy whenever you show me an old person i get excited (laughs) in this fucking movie which is a problem of like yeah it's uh nostalgia feeding but it says still something if that's the best part for you personally Or, or me personally i guess you could say uh so getting into the thick of it 
with uh, the whole thing of Rey and Kylo Ren. And they're the only two that actually have stories that continue to develop, which J.J. Uh, Abrams does try to fix the you're not some no one from nothing bullshit, but it's in a weird way where you're like, it's ah. so where yeah, like, it's like Ky- Kylo's like, your parents were no ones, but that's because they chose to be no ones because they were Palpatines. And I was like, what? That doesn't track, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't know that in eight. He only knew that in this one. No, that's true, but I don't know. Because the whole thing is like Palpatine literally goes, she's not who you think she is, and then he explains it, and then he goes, oh, well, no, I, I get, get that, it. But it's just like, okay, so he could have said, I was wrong. You are someone. You're someone incredibly important. Like, that would have been fine. But the fact that he was like, I wasn't wrong before. Your parents chose to be no one. They did still sell you. Money changed hands there. I just don't want to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you, like, okay, your parents were no one, but you're someone because you're Ray Palpatine, which also I'm just like, okay, wait, but who, who did the emperor have a kid with and when? Exactly. Yes. Why? Like, when did this old wrinkly fuck, fuck? Yeah. And like, why, and why does his son not? like not important like why is his son not force powerful like why is he not a problem it just like, it why brings is in a lot of issues yeah and we'll it, it's not much to discuss to be honest like there's it's very much just like the fuck this wasn't good and yeah. it's really honestly the easiest basis of it but at least for ray herself you you get this like you could tell they're like, oh, I'm sorry, what happened with eight? Let's try to fix it in nine. But also, here's all this kind of shoehorned in shit. And for her itself, too, like, in a way, she does develop still as a Jedi. But for the grounds of her character and everything going on with everything, it it was still hard for her to come out unscathed, which she definitely did not come out unscathed. Like... you you feel like there should have been a lot more for her even with it still being her as the main character it it doesn't feel like she got her just dues especially with the storyline that was implemented in for her and if done differently i felt like it could have been a lot better like you even get this whole like giant thing of like the jedi are all behind you ray which is kind of it was cool but at the same time i'm just like "Ah, that's it uh, I just felt like I needed more of her character to develop too. Like she, for as much as I think they could have developed Finn and Poe specifically and like done more with these other side characters, there still could have been a lot more done with Ray as well. And that's also another part that just kind of takes you out of it. Cause in a way, like you still get the most of her in seven of like everything about her. And then in eight, they try to sort of develop it but it's really just her trying to figure out who she is. And then it turns out she's just Ray. And in this one, it's like, well, you're more than that, but it's this. And you're like, fuck, just, ah, it, it, it drags into another to be continued into a later conversation. We'll have briefly after this. And personally, like I said, 
I think there could have been a lot more done for her. But it's at least, in a way, better than what everyone else got. It's still just still not as good as I would have hoped at all. Yeah, like, she definitely gets stronger with, like, using the Force. Like, she gets way more control than, like, we've Oh, yeah, she, she learns a lot from use. the books. And those books really teach her more ways of using the Force. And you're supposed to be... You're supposed to assume also that Leia's been training her to an extent as well. She's like, oh, well, yeah, okay, I mean, master. she had to learn force healing from somewhere. Uh, that just seems complicated. I honestly, I think, it, like I said, she had all those books. Yeah. I don't know, but she did refer to Leia as master. I know, that's what I just said. Yeah, but that implies that Leia is like master level Jedi, but somehow didn't complete no. her training. No, that's not what that means at all. What do you just because well, I thought that's literally I thought that was like Obi Wan Kenobi Obi-Wan was Master just Kenobi. A, yeah, but that was she called him Master Kenobi because that was his master, just like Qui Gon. Qui Gon wasn't part of the council, but he was Obi Wan's master because he was his Padawan. It's the master, the and the apprentice, not necessarily the rank of master as a Jedi. There's two I thought separate master things. was just like when you are literally the highest level Jedi you can go, you become a master of being of a, being a Jedi. To an extent, like you don't have you're not to necessarily... be on the council to be a master. Okay, was so in the Clone Wars, Anakin is Ahsoka's master. Was he a Jedi master? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I thought so he was just her teacher. Huh? No, he that's was her fair. master. She called him master. That is true. So, okay. What, Yes, yeah, so that's what I mean. So Leia wasn't a like you don't you, we don't know if she was a Jedi Master or not, but basically she's teaching Ray what she can. But she definitely because remember they said early on in her training she stopped a lot of her shit. She like kind of forsaken her lightsaber and everything else and just stuck to the more more military shit and political shit. So, but she's Rey, still trained enough to have like visions of the like distant future though. Yeah. No. I would, that's what I'm, so what I'm trying to say is that those books actually did, like, there's a whole point to the books. Like, Ray was looking through those books, she read those books, she studied those books. The books mm-hmm. were the main ways of her learning new things, but Leia also guided her on that journey of training, but not necessarily, she probably taught her a couple things, but it wasn't like, it wasn't stuff that she didn't learn from the books. Like, on, I think the newest tricks and the craziest she, she learned was probably from those texts because they hold like crazy shit of what you can possibly do, hence the force healing. I guess other so. things like that. Yeah, because otherwise, it, I I honestly don't think Leia has all of that like power to do all that kind of stuff. Or she might be maybe does, but she forsaken it. She never really utilized it as much. She like kind of saved it and was like, I'll do it here and there, but like I, I'm not. She's not one to like do all the shit Luke does in a way. Yeah. But okay, so yeah. You Do see- we want to talk about Luke real quick after Kylo? Because like Luke did come back and have like a little bit of like a change from eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, but, but we so, could go on to Kylo though. Yeah. Probably. So for Kylo Ren, we get. Ah, uh, God! He, honestly, his character was done the best in this trilogy. Uh, it was like personally. a really weird redemption arc. I just felt like it was really sudden in this movie that he's like. Yes, it's, it's another back. thing of, 
you felt it could have built up more if you had two movies. But well, especially because so like another thing. One of the most interesting things about his character in episode seven was that he has that scene where he's talking to Vader's helmet and he's just like, I feel the pull back to the light again. Like, I need you to show me the power of the dark side. And like, so that's interesting that he is a Sith who is actually being pulled to be good again. Like more, and he's like actively choosing to be evil as opposed to just being seduced to the dark side. Uh, but in this, he's just like, like, yeah, like, I guess they, it seems like JJ was setting up that he could be redeemed in episode seven, but then episode eight is like, no, he's a fucking monster. He cannot be redeemed. He is like the supreme leader now. He's just the big bad guy. And then in episode nine, they're like, nah, nah, okay. He may be the supreme leader, but he's also like kind of just still Kylo Ren. He's still doing his own thing. And through the course of the movie, he, like, almost dies and then chooses to be good again. I just felt like that transition was really sudden. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing is his mom. For sure, yeah. And it's, like, that whole feeling together of, like, oh, God, what have I done? All this stuff. And it hits him more, and then he has his imagination come in and conjure up good old han solo which god that was like the honestly that was the best part of the movie for that me. was on i was not expecting that and that was a as bizarre as that scene was because he's not talking to a force ghost of han solo because that would make no sense he's basically just talking to a memory of his father and it's like so, you basically get to see him visualize his conscience yeah so he's not really talking to han solo but he's basically like I guess, yeah, doing some introspective through using the memory of his father. And it was a very touching scene. And uh, I just didn't like that they had him re-say the same line. Like, I I know what I have to do, but I'm afraid I, I don't have the strength to do it. Oh, I actually like that. I like that. I don't know. I, just, I, I see what they were trying to do there, but that line didn't seem to fit fit that well in that scene particularly so i thought it just came off as a little ham-handed or ham-fisted or whatever but like i get it they were trying to get it to mirror that previous scene but in yeah like the light as opposed to the it's, dark it's like i said he also would have just um done a lot better with the inclusion of more depth and having two movies and things like that yeah but also a more cohesive trilogy as a whole Mm-hmm. that said that's the biggest in problem, terms I of think. being developed he is the best of all of them better than ray better than yeah, the other characters for sure. kylo ren's as a character in terms of development and just the way they present him for sure is the best character in the new trilogy i would say easily oh absolutely he he definitely has the greatest like development of his character throughout the three movies yeah uh, which then, which of course, Han Solo was more of like a cameo with that. There's not much to be said, yeah. uh, which leads quickly, just briefly into Luke's reappearance as well, which uh, I as a that force shit ghost. Was hilarious. Uh, that was, it's basically, it's Mark Hamill just being like, yeah, I didn't like that last movie. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> so, as someone that out. also didn't like that last movie, I agree. It's yeah. it's just more of it's just Mark Hamill fucking around. I felt like even though it was written like full scripted and everything else i just thought it was really fun <laughs> i was just I like yes, it was hilarious excellent good, good yeah that like f- 
Ray finds out she's a Palpatine. She's like, oh shit, I'm a monster. She like tries to exile herself to the Jedi planet. Yeah. Uh, island. Inkto. Okay. And then like she burns her ship somehow. Burns Kylo Ren's ship. Ky- Kylo Ren's ship that she used to get there because she stole her ship. Which, by the way, how the fuck do you get off that planet then? But whatever. Uh, Dude, I don't fucking know. Just deal with he it. just showed up at the, at the last care. battle with <laughs> another movie, TIE fighter. Care. And I'm like, what? He did anyway, it. It's over. So she's like, the last thing she's about to do is throw the, the uh, Luke's lightsaber, which, by the way, is also somehow fixed, like, into the well, fire. She had time to fix it. I guess. But, like... So she's about to throw it, throws it into the fire, and then Luke's force ghost like catches it, and she he's just like, a Jedi's weapon should have be treated with more respect. She's like, but you told me the Jedi should end in the last movie. Well, she didn't say in the last movie, but like last time, and he's like, he straight up like basically looks at the camera. He's like, I was wrong. <laughs> I thought that and was you're like, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like. It's, I just oh my god that was great I, I thought that was so fucking fun that was it was like it's as ridiculous as you can get and you're just like yeah all right look yeah like, dude. you could you could almost see jj abrams walking into the screen and just saying like fuck you ryan <laughs> no you see jj abrams doing that anime thing where the character is the glasses and he just slightly hits them up and you yeah. see like that tint and like and it's like you've activated my trap card and Ryan Johnson's just like nani and then yeah yeah, and then the rest ensues basically but yeah it was uh, it was fucking ridiculous I I, like I said I like that shit because it was fucking just wonky as all hell and just being like fuck you and you're just like yeah all right i was fucking i just oh god i just burn it all down yeah baby and then you get the full fucking nostalgia of like look it's the x-wing and i'm like oh god I love it. Yes, the X Wing. I've been waiting all day for this. Uh, it it was kind of adorable X-wing. when they show like Ray f- flying the uh, X Wing into the with uh, Luke's helmet, with the Luke's helmet on. And I it, like does not love fit it. It's all right. So now we get to transition into just okay. So the nostalgia of this film that they try to do like kind of fan service. It is an it is easily fan service. Oh, it was like the best part. It's like, oh, like this is actually <laughs> a hell of a lot of the movie was fan service, which is like, it was some of the most fun parts of the movie for sure. And it's because it, like, a lot of like in the Force Awakens, you get some fa- like you get the fan service of it basically Im- imitating the pre the original trilogy to ease everyone back in. Like that was the point of it. But you also get the characters kind of doing their own shit and. You're, it's not as much nostalgia in a way like it's not just spot on like look it's more of really just like hey it's the character's ship whatever but it's a new story happening uh in a way it's still imitating certain things but it's done in a way to restart things in uh in a good way and in this one it's more just like look you love this guy he's here and enjoy it have a fun time and you're like oh god yeah i, I like it a lot um, which obviously not everyone probably did like that. I'm sure there were people that liked episode eight and didn't like this and things like that or vice versa, whatever, or people didn't like any of them, but you get things like you get the full fucking Palpatine shit, which obviously that was the, the wrong choice. You get, 
Han Solo return for imaginary conversation. You get Luke Skywalker to come back to say sorry about the last movie. You get Wedge Antilles to come in. Yeah, that was like, fucking insane. And he basically says like the same thing he says in Empire Strikes Back, where like uh, when his Wes Jansen, his um, gunner in the Snowspeeder. That's right. I know the fucking pilot names, guys, because that shit was great. So Wes Jansen was his gunner in his Snowspeeder, and he hits the Imperial Walker, and that's when they do the full uh, loops around the Imperial yeah. Walker and take it down. And he's like, "Nice shot, Jansen," and you're like, "Yeah, watch it, dice. He's in all three movies. I love him." Because he's like that, he's that awesome character you have in all the movies consistently. And he's, you, you know that character if you really cared about, like, if you really care about, like, the characters in Star Wars and you look around the world, like, you know that character, you love that character, and you get more of him in, like, the books and the game and everything else. But he really is someone that's awesome and one person I've wanted in that trilogy so long. And you finally get him for a split second as one of the Falcon Gunners. And you're just like, ah, oh, and he's like, nice shot, Lando. And then you just yeah. never see him again. But you're like, it's Wedge. It's Wedge. It Which I wish like they really I wish cool they had him in the post credits with um when you just see Lando just hanging out there alone when Naomiaki comes by. I would have loved it if you just see him and Wedge talking for a sec, just like, we did it, buddy, and you see Wedge walk away and then Naomiaki walks over or something like that. I think yeah. that would have been perfect. Because you even see him in the in the Return of the Jedi. You see him in the celebration, and it's like one of the only times you see him without a helmet, and it kind of, it, it throws you off for a second, because you're like, who is that guy? I don't remember this guy, because you're so used to ah. only seeing him with the helmet on the entire time in the trilogy. Uh, but yeah, see that tangent? That's why, like, that's why it hit me with such a good note. And, uh, yeah, so you get Witch, you get Luke, you get Han, and all of those just, oh, God, those were all the best parts of the movie. Like, you... Like, Han Solo's stuff is, like, the number one, my number one favorite moment of this film. My number two favorite moment is Luke basically just fucking around. My number yeah. three moment is, I would honestly, actually, my number three moment is probably the Rey-Kylo Ren fight, which ensues with, that leads into the, the Han Solo moment. After that, it's just Wedge being like, nice shot, Lando. <laughs> And then after that, it's every scene with the Emperor because they're just like to fuck around and just be like, yes, excellent. I'm in the movie again. I've got to strike me down. That's why I cracked up. I forget if it was someone said something to me and was like, can you believe the Emperor was able to lightning all those ships? Was that you or was that someone else? That might have been someone else because I thought I I don't know. It, that was an impressive shot. Yeah, I thought, so like it wasn't impossible. But basically, yes. Yeah, so the you know in the movie, the emperor basically just shoots his lightning up and just starts disabling all the ship's systems, so they're all falling towards the planet to like crash just, and blow up. Just and, the rebellion ships, which was impressive. yeah, and and someone's like, "What the fuck is this? How is he able to do that?" And I just I was like, I just look at them and I'm like, "Dude, he has unlimited power. What the fuck do you yeah. think is gonna happen?" And they're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like in the original the city, it's like unlimited power. Ah, and like, I think, like, uh, oh god, where was it? Like, I guess that means that, like back on the second Death Star, I guess either he was toning down his power so as to not blow up the Death Star, or he was just like legitimately like i just want luke to suffer and die ah, you will die because <laughs> he could have just like exploded him by like snapping his finger. oh no probably. yeah definitely 
And uh, it, um, if you notice, during this movie and actually during the second time I watched it, if people looked over at me, I was straight up just like, you could tell how much into this fucking movie I was. Not because of like, oh, I love this, like, it's a great film. It was more of just like, this is so fucking... Re- this is so fucking ridiculous. I'm just going with it. Fuck it. Out. It's over. Like, uh, James, do you remember what I said after the after we walked out of the theater after the premiere? Uh, so you we said a lot. Of you things. were like, you were telling me you had all these questions. You were like, how did this happen? How did this blah blah blah? And you're asking me like all this shit. And I just look at you and I said, dude, I don't care anymore. And I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I straight up after watching that movie, I don't care. I don't care about having questions answered. I don't care about like what happens next, all this stuff. It, 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 which isn't necessarily, it's because basically this trilogy is just, it's fucking, I, it, it, I don't know. It's people, it's fucking, you were on a fucking acid trip and you were high the whole time and you're like, well, what happened? I don't know what happened, which like, we'll talk about the trilogy after. But yeah, okay. for me, it just, I just didn't care anymore. I, I, it's not a good thing. To be honest, like it's more of the like I I've lost that connection in a way, at least for the Disney Star Wars that they've done like this, this specific Skywalker's trilogy with like everything around it and just the direction Disney's been going with it. And at the same time, it allowed me just to feel not a sense of like, oh, God, I need this to happen in this new movie. It just put me into a state of just like fuck it, whatever, I'm just gonna roll with this shit, I don't care, who cares about this shit, I'm just gonna fucking, it basically, it, they prequeled it for me, it was just like, ah, fucking, ah. so, like, you look at me the whole time, whenever they show the Emperor, I basically had my hands out, like, <laughs> his lightning stuff, and I was just like, eh, eh, eh. and I was, like, making eye contact with people, just being like, yes, yes, <laughs> and they're just, like, shaking their heads, like, what the fuck, and I'm like, it's come to this. It's come to this, you motherfuckers. Because <laughs> I'm just done. But, yeah, so on to the Palpatine shit. So, it turns out... So, alright, I'm going to read to you this Reddit post, which, uh, it's 116. James, just letting you know. Yeah, I know. So, we might uh, have do to, wanna... like, pause and, yeah. like, finish it after I get back from class, but we'll see. Yeah, do you want to stop now or do you want to stop at 130? Let's just stop at 1.30. Let's keep going for okay. now. So we're going to go for 14 more minutes, guys. So basically, we'll try to get a little bit more done, but most likely we're going to have to continue this after. Yeah, uh, we started. You like guys won't notice. It's just going to be clear, like, and we're back or something, and it's still in the same episode. You're just not even yeah. going to. It'll be like a, a second, but really for us, it's going to be like two hours or three hours or something. Yeah, we, okay. just, we thought we would have time to talk about all of this stuff before I had to go to class at like two but we started a little bit late. My computer fucked up like twice. And so we're going to probably have to fin- finish this after my class. But like, like Conference said, you, it shouldn't be a problem for you guys. Yeah. So I, there was a whole discussion on um, this chat group I have with a lot of friends I went to school with, which people I talked to on there, are, these are all people, we all went to art school together. So we have a lot of film majors. We have people that are, are just heavily into the like, Back behind the scenes shit concepts everything else we have artists we have me the sound person like we have all these people that basically have all these backgrounds and this kind of stuff and have spent a lot of time explore uh exploring these backgrounds exploring like the behind the scenes shit also arguing about things all over the place like we've gone up and down 
about all these fucking movies, whether it's Guardians of the Galaxy or fucking two or like Star Wars and shit like that. Like we, we uh, DC movies, everything. We, we've gone up and down above the walls. This movie we all pretty much agreed on, which is hilarious. Um, one of them, though, found this interesting post from Reddit from a profile called Lucasfilm Insider, which apparently has actually usually, I think, if I'm, if I, if I'm correct. Now, I, this is all conjecture, but... Like, uh, it seems like a source that would have correct um, information whenever uh, dispersed to people. And they sent a post about the making of this movie and everything else. And I'm going to read the entire post. But it actually is something I am inclined to believe because it actually makes a lot of sense. It really, it seems, it's something to doesn't feel like it's made up it's unverified guys so take this with a grain of salt but still i personally just based on like the where it's coming from and the hunch the like you know that kind of gut feeling uh, it doesn't feel like it's wrong like it could be wrong but i personally believe it but okay so i'm gonna read it to you guys this is a little bit of time so it'll be, take a few minutes maybe all right, this is word for word. Uh, what I know about the Rise of Skywalker production. Uh, like I said, Reddit name, Lucasfilm Insider. Uh, after Colin had left the project, uh, which, uh, really fast to say, Colin, Colin Trevorrow, he was the guy that directed Jurassic World. He was originally going to direct the third movie, but he didn't. Instead, they brought back J.J. Abrams. But okay, so. After Colin had left the project, Ryan Johnson was immediately Lucasfilm's top choice to take over However, Iger and Horn weren't impressed with The Last Jedi and thought it was a step down from The Force Awakens. This prompted Iger to personally offer Abrams the gig. J.J. was not a fan of The Last Jedi. Actually, that's putting it gently. He absolutely loathed The Last Jedi and has some serious beef with Ryan Johnson. He only came back if he could have complete creative control and wouldn't have to compromise with Kennedy or Lucasfilm Story Group or, or the Lucasfilm Story Group. JJ's first move was to consult with George Lucas on the story of episode 9. They came up with a story that had strong connections to the Clone Wars TV show which featured the dagger of Mortis and Matt's and and Matt Smith as the son of Mortis which would have been the film's antagonist. The hmm. story also used many elements from George Lucas's unused sequel trilogy treatments. Disney <clears throat> really wanted this movie to be another Force Awakens in the sense that it will it will unite all fans and be at least initially universally loved. After Solo's flop at the box office, The Last Jedi backlash, and the decline in Star Wars merch, it was paramount for Disney that Episode Nine be a success with fans. They did not want another Last Jedi on their hands. The film's direction changed radically during the around midway of principal photography. JJ told the Disney execs that this film wouldn't satisfy and unite all fans. This is where the uh, the studio meddling began, which led to the second abandonment of George Lucas's ideas. Nearly every story detail from the initial script was either completely abandoned or bastardized. Palpatine was always to have a presence in this movie, but was not alive or as the main villain. The main villain was to be the son of Mortis. Disney feared that the general audiences would be alienated as they wouldn't know who son, the, who son of Mortis was, which would make the, the movie harder to market, and this led to the choice of replacing the son with Palpatine, and Matt Smith was completely removed from the movie. Uh, hang on. I have to find a... 
so Disney off ordered extensive reshoots that went on throughout the year leading up until early October. J.J. Abrams was not happy with many of the changes that Disney made to The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know the specifics, but let's just say he isn't at all pleased with the final product. Essentially, the majority of the movie was reshot and reconfigured this year at the same time, leaving a ton of important scenes on the cutting room floor. I don't have any more new details on the making of The Rise of Skywalker other than that I'm hoping that this post gets people with better sources... This post gets people with better sources to give out more details. And there was also, really fast, there were small comments about it too, where someone asked, I heard JJ and Ryan, this is from someone named LF Spy 2. I heard JJ and Ryan did not get along at all. Uh, JJ and Trevorrow did. <laughs> Ryan and Trevorrow didn't like each other either. Lots of production issues on this trilogy. Lucasfilm Insider then said, that is true. In JJ's original outline, had Luke survived, until episode not uh, uh, in JJ's original outline, it had Luke survive until episode nine, with nine being the film where Luke passes. This was something that Colin was fighting hard to keep, but Ryan, uh, KK, aka Kathleen Kennedy, and Carrie Hart wanted Luke dead in the Last Jedi. I also Why? know for a fact that the Lucasfilm story group hates George Lucas, JJ Abrams, <laughs> and Colin Trevorrow. They only like Ryan. Really? Uh, there's one more question. Uh, this is for the OP. Uh, this is from uh, New Equipment. I don't know why that's their name. Uh, this is for the OP, but has there been talk of a different cut of the movie, like how there was with there was the rumor of three different cuts of the film? Or was that made up? People are saying there exists a Lucas cut or a J. Abrams cut, uh, what, or a J.J. Abrams cut. Uh, what's your response to that? Lucas Stolman Setter then said, the film they were filming in 2018 was the version of episode 9 that J.J. and Terrio wrote based on a story that J.J. and George came up with in late 2017. Uh, J.J. went to George to ask for his help coming up with a story for episode 9 since all of J.J.'s plot threads and ideas that he had from The Force Awakens were all but destroyed in The Last Jedi. Let's call that cut the J.J. Yep. Lucas cut. Disney was not impressed with the J.J. Lucas cut and feared it would be another Last Jedi. They ordered... To completely change it, that's why this film had a ton of reshoots. The film in theaters now is the Iger cut, which is Disney completely changing the initial film into what they thought would be the most profitable version of it. There is only those two versions of the film, however, there were there are numerous different versions of the climax, specifically. Some are slight variations from each other, and others are just completely different. However, I seriously doubt that J.J. Lucas' cut is anywhere close to being finished. So it's not something you'd get released like a Snyder Cut. Okay, release the Snyder Cut, guys. Hashtag. Uh, but if you listen to everything there, you know exactly where to point the finger and what happened and exactly who wanted to do what. So if you look at it, there's It sounds two... like it's basically Disney and like the higher-ups at Disney were just like, make us the most amount of money possible. And I Kathleen Kennedy, who's in charge of Lucasfilm. Okay. So, which also... Which also, sorry, but, like, to... I know we're going to get into the whole trilogy later, but it really feels like the main problem is that, like, they did not have a goal at the beginning other than just make money. Yes. And that's which, why they had three directors and then eventually just two. 
and like no cohesion between the movies. Let's let's save this for later. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do that after when you come back. But I'll just say this as a closing note, or like let's just talk about these quotes, basically. Yeah. yeah. So for those that don't know, the Son of Mortis is from a Clone Wars. That James, did you see that episode at all? No, I've heard. I heard about this Reddit post, and it sounded really interesting, and it made me want yeah. to like look into that. So the. Son of Mortis is from a specific Clone Wars episode where basically Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka crash land. Like, they basically somehow land on this crazy planet that's like, it's like the origins of the Force planet, basically. And you have this guy who's like the All-Father or High-Father or something who's basically like the father of the Force. And he's just this very neutral guy. And he has two children. His daughter, who is basically the, uh, the light side incarnate who is basically the light side as a person and his son, who is the dark side incarnate, who is the dark side as a person. And the whole thing is like the dark, the son is named the son of Mortis. And I believe the, the all father's name is Mortis or something. I'm not really sure. I can't remember exactly, but it all ends up with like, uh, the son and the sister, the son loves the sister and stuff. Not like that, but like basically he has no ill will against her and everything else. He just hates his father. And there's a whole thing where basically each character gets dragged by one of the gods. Like, in a sense, they're like gods. And the son of Mortis basically tries to seduce Anakin, and it kind of shows Anakin what happens as Darth Vader. And then he becomes Darth Vader, and Anakin, like, freaks out, and he's like, oh, Jesus, I don't want this to happen to me. And Ahsoka is taken by the light side avatar, and she shows her everything as well, and Ahsoka's like, oh, Jesus, and they basically kind of have them fight each other. And because they're like uh, kind of being infected by each side, like Ahsoka by the light side, Anakin right. by the dark side. And then Obi-Wan, uh, I believe, talks to like the High Father and all this shit. And he's like that neutral kind of like overseeing thing. What ends up happening is all of their minds kind of get wiped of this whole adventure. And they come out of it just like on their ship, like what the fuck just happened? And that's oh. why Anakin doesn't know about the Darth Vader stuff. But basically, in the Clone War, like Anakin was like horrified by what he would become he did not want that he he saw like what the evils passed it and what would happen and then you That's get the actually whole, really interesting yeah and it's amazing and it's basically like think of him as like the gods themselves of these force powers and the whole thing was then the dark side would have been the villain in that movie for jabrams and lucas that made that and that's why that, that dagger sounds was so there. much fucking cooler than and that's why, like the dead speak <laughs> and you remember the casting rumors and everything else when they were confirming people they said matt smith was one of them i vaguely remember that i remember that they it was like back then they were talking about matt smith and uh carrie russell specifically and then later on you got like naomi aki and stuff being cast into it as well and like billy d williams but that was a legit thing. Like, that's how I, I realized I, that's what made me believe it. Because I remember all the talk of Matt Smith. Like, they even said, they're like, yeah, he's joining for sure. And you're like, oh, shit, what the hell is he going to be? And they tried to uh, rumor it as an Imperial officer or something, I think. Or that's what everyone assumed. Because you're like, oh, he looks very, you know, he's that, that British guy and everything else. But yeah. that's why I believe all of that. And we got one part of that truth already. Where like terror, like they it kind of talks about Disney meddling and Kathleen Kennedy and stuff. Uh, that whole Palpatine area was not J.J. Abrams or Chris Terry's idea. Chris Terry even confirms it, saying that it was Kathleen Kennedy who put Palpatine in there, not them. So we're gonna leave it on that note. But That's, that is why like the Palpatine that. stuff does not fit. 
And that's honestly all we need to say about it. But when we come back, so like I said, that's guys, a good way like, to put it. It really just does not fit. Exactly. And that's all we'll do for now. Um, we'll be back. This will all be one episode when we come back. Uh, you'll hear us yeah. in like a minute. And it's just going to be like a few hour different. It's like two to three hours difference for us. But once James is like back after half hour from his classes, oh, we'll yeah. continue this. Um, yeah, my class then. ends at three. I should be back at like three thirty or something. I probably yeah. should eat something though. Me too. Um, I just eat fast, man. We gotta get we gotta get this yeah, shit done seriously. Because uh, the hope is, guys, we'll also have episode thirty five done today too. Uh, this will be out today if I can help it. This will be out today on Friday, and then we'll get episode thirty five on Monday if if this works. Um. But we'll be, like I said, when we're back, we're going to talk about the trilogy. We're going to talk about the Disney Star Wars in general, the TV shit. And, of course, we're going to basically uh, just praise Mandalorian. It'll be a fun time. Don't worry about oh, it, yeah. guys. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see you in a little bit. Well, folks, we are back. You probably didn't even notice we were gone, considering uh, it's still going, basically. But we were basically gone for about uh, three hours, I'd say. Um, so what we were talking about, we just finished wrapping up, really, talking about characters and a lot of like the their differences in the movies and everything else uh but we're just going to finish up with rise of skywalker specifically just by kind of finishing our statements of it kind of like how we feel about it as a whole and then we're going to just uh talk about the trilogy yeah yeah so for me like i said before i thought it was very entertaining uh it's not something like watching it a second time. I wasn't angry when I watched it. Like I said, I, I just, I didn't care anymore. So it didn't give me that negative feeling that, or at least that more like shaking hand, shaking fist feeling that Last Jedi did. So I'd say I'd like it more than Last Jedi easily. Uh, it's not as good as Force Awakens, but it, it just stands in the middle of just kind of being like a limbo movie, if anything, where it's it's fun it is like a really rushed it doesn't really stay cohesive it's it kind of breaks apart a lot but you have a good time with it it has great cameos overall it's like a five i'd say four and a half to five really like i'd say it's all it's just a very in, it's an indifferent movie for me so, so it's like your, right in the middle scale that's like an average yes yes it's right. like a. it's okay it's fine all right well uh, it, it's it's uh it's fine i guess uh i don't know what's better okay or fine if it's the same thing but yeah it's it's basically it's an indifference it's it's, it's passable at best yeah i hadn't really thought too much about putting like a number score on it really i just like it's really hard to rate this movie for me because like on the one hand, like, like we were saying before, music is amazing. The sound effects are amazing. The visual effects are amazing. Like the acting is f pretty good too. I just, it's just, there are too many things that don't make sense to me that like come out of nowhere, like we said, the the Palpatine coming back makes no sense. Uh, we don't even really get much of an explanation for it. It's just like, oh, you know, the Sith knew like crazy dark magic and like cloning and stuff. Maybe that's what he did. I don't know. But like, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to start launching into every single problem I have with the movie because I we would literally be here for like another two hours. Yeah, it, which it, we really don't need to be. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are parts of the movie that I legitimately enjoyed but are just like ruined by all the things that I was like, that makes no sense. So uh, I guess like a good example, I, and I, I know I started getting into it earlier, but like the scene at the end where like, a, like thousands and thousands of civilian ships show up to fight the first order. Like I thought that was a really cool message that like, yeah, even against like an impossibly powerful government or whatever, or just like this organization, the final order, if every single like normal person stood together, like there still would be like an overwhelming force against them. Like, I really like that message, but uh, after having spent the entire movie explaining exactly how impossible it is to get to Exegol, I just didn't buy that like all of those ships could show up out of nowhere without the first order or last order knowing like that didn't make any sense. They introduced the concept of like the dyad or the force dyad and that they don't explain that very well. I uh, Again, I have a lot of problems. One of my biggest problems probably is just like I did some like rough math on exactly how many people would be required to staff the many, many Star Destroyers that Palpatine was somehow secretly making over 30 years, which also were somehow buried under the surface of the planet for some reason. I don't know, other than a cool visual effect. So I looked it up, but according to the Wikipedia, the old Imperial Star Destroyers typically staffed about, including like a battalion of soldiers and all the officers and engineers and just people staffing the ship. And this is not including anything like dreadnoughts that the First Order also has. Uh, that they usually have something like 46,785 uh, people staffing a typical Empire Star Destroyer. And I couldn't find any exact number for what the First Order has in number of ships. But I, I assumed conservatively to be able to police the entire galaxy they would need at least like 5,000 star destroyers to like move around from planet to planet and there's a line in uh the rise of skywalker where general pride general pride uh whatever legion general pride yeah okay he says that if they accept this final order fleet from this mysterious emperor or whatever, that it would increase their forces 10,000 fold. So if you do some rough math and you do like the 46,785 times like the 5,000 first order ships conservatively, and then times that 10,000 fold, that literally is like over 2 trillion people required to staff those star destroyers that the first order or that the final order that the emperor made. Like, and again, you did mention before earlier that like it's an it's a huge galaxy. Maybe they could just find that many people. But I feel like that is an impossible number of people to secretly whisk away to this impossible to get to planet, and no one knew about the emperor for thirty years. 
I don't know. Right, it's shit so like that that bothers me like a lot. Only questions I have are when you say there's 5,000 ships, is that a rough estimate number that you found or is this a guess you just have? This is like a rough guess. I like Okay, cuz I'm just going to really say tried, this. I really tried there, to find Let's say um there are usually maybe in a system, not a planet, but a system of of uh, planets. Maybe like 3 Okay. Star Destroyers, usually. Like, if you look at, they attacked the Rebel base on Hoth, how many, did they have a whole fleet of Star Destroyers, or were they just, like, three, attacking the entire Rebel Alliance? Uh, I honestly, I can't remember. It was just, like, three of them. Okay. And then, going through, like, the whole thing, yeah, there wasn't, like, a whole giant, like, there wasn't, like, a dozen different Star Destroyers there, it was just only a few. Okay, so in Episode 8, how many Star Destroyers showed up to follow uh to attack supposedly the last of the res- uh, the resistance maybe like half a dozen at most uh, yeah hmm. it wasn't that many honestly it was just like a few cuz they were e- they easily outclassed the uh the resistance guys I-, I can't remember exactly how many it was but it wasn't something that was like a numerous number where you're like whoa look at the background no it was just no, kind of no. like, like oh, okay this is like the first time we've seen like literally hundreds if not thousands of star destroyers like li- literally it was so many that they couldn't fit them all on one screen uh which yeah. was visually impressive but i don't know i like i tried to look at reddit and see like if anyone knew like a specific answer for how many ships the first order had and it, it, a lot there was like a lot of debate because they were saying like well they couldn't have that many because they weren't able to destroy the republic but then most of the people were saying like well, no, but according to episode eight, they like basically were ruling the entire galaxy after having destroyed the Republic. And so if they have to be like everywhere, that would, I would assume, be like a decent amount of ships because galaxies are huge. I mean, look at the Republic yep. Senate. Uh, there were outside? like the Republic Senate in the prequel trilogy, there were like thousands of, uh, of systems within that uh, Senate. Yeah. So I would say, don't forget too, when they say, do they say number of forces that would increase or just their power? You know, I am not 100% sure of the because exact wording, but he, I basically. The First Order fleet doesn't have Death Star rays on them yet, but yeah. these ones do. So I would say that might count in terms of firepower, is what he's saying. You know. Because that would having, actually... well, going from a fleet of a bunch of ships that just can basically fight other ships and with maybe a lot of concentrated fire eventually could destroy a planet, like they said before with like, oh, no Star Destroyer could do that. Yeah. Uh, these ones basically... Oop, I forgot to fucking silence this shit. Uh, these ones, each one individually can basically sum up that type of power, which most likely means like... I mean, like, honestly, it means probably like each one is their own like collection of like kyber crystals they probably use to fucking power them up if if that's what they still use i'm not even sure it'd be honest. which also is supposed to be impossible at this point yeah but yeah it's i mean the whole thing is wonky but i would say don't look too much into it especially with like yeah it's yeah, just it's not it's, that big of a deal it's one of those things that i just couldn't help but think when i saw that screen full of star destroyers i was just like dude those things are huge like, how yeah. many people are on those ships? 
how did they get all those ships here? Did they build them there? Like, I don't know. Just the thinking of the logistics of how this would could make sense, it just didn't make sense. So it's it's things like that that pulled me out of the movie and made it hard for me to just, like, enjoy it. And that was, like, in the which, big... like, I feel like that was something you asked me afterwards, too, in which you know yeah. my answer, right? You remember my yeah, answer. Yeah, you were just like, I don't care. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't no, care. but you don't, don't understand. Give, give shit. <laughs> Like you don't understand. I need to know why this makes sense. Horn. It's fine. It's fine. yeah. But so, okay. So I get back okay, to so I, what we were actually talking about. Yeah, I guess if I were to put a final number on this movie, for me it would be like like a three or a four on your scale. Because like okay, I would say I, honestly, looking back again, to be honest, uh. I would actually consider it between a four and a five just because I feel like it's me for a four for me is very much mediocre. So four is mediocre uh, in terms of film or like lackluster. Uh, So I'd say between four and five, but it it could be a five, but it just, it depends day to day for me. (laughs) I I think like, honestly, I've been thinking about it so much that I was so like taken aback by how much I like, actually just did not like rise of skywalker that i was like is it possible that the prequel trilogy is actually better than this so i went back and watched them and probably not no like i think you're right this movie is much more enjoyable just because like the characters are better written and better acted and it's just it is more fun to watch but there are really interesting like i don't know did did we want to get into the prequel trilogy much? Uh, so no. I'll save this for later. Uh, I would say the only thing I would say for the prequel trilogy, if you want to compare them, uh, we save it to literally this will be one to two minutes long max. But at least in my perspective, uh, when people, when they talk about prequel trilogy now, who knows what the hell anyone's saying at this point. But for me, uh, I'd say the prequel trilogy still does not hold up against this new trilogy in a way. Um, new trilogy is better scripting dialogue. Uh, so right then and there, that makes it a lot more cohesive yeah. in a lot of different ways. Or like, it's it's just, you're just like, oh, okay, I'm not like fucking scoffing at what I'm hearing going like, ah, oh, except for like parts of, like I said, like Rise uh, Skywalker where you're like the, all the Palpatine shit. Yeah. But it, it's just better written. That said... The prequels are still, looking back, 20 times more original because they actually stick to their own concepts. They don't try to really mimic uh, the original trilogy much at all. Uh, it, it's very separate and they don't, It's it, they just feel like their own thing. You, you're not yeah. really trying to look for like the similarities or anything. You're just like, yep, that's that. All right. Yeah. Like going back and watching the prequel trilogy, th- it definitely still has like just dialogue issues just people people talk in ways that people don't talk or whatever it just doesn't seem like the characters are written in a believable way i guess that's what i'm trying to say but uh but there's still like a skeleton of a really interesting story behind the whole trilogy and it is interesting to watch all the way through because you do get to see slowly emperor palpatine granted it's extremely obvious what he is doing <laughs> but it is interesting to see him like try to like in- get his power 
or like or get into political power. Oh my god, I forgot. It's I completely super cool. forgot to talk about that. For a split second, guys, the I fucking lost it when he starts uh, sucking Ray and Kylo Ren's souls away. For those that haven't watched it, shame on you. But not this movie. I don't give a shit about this. For those that haven't watched the movie Hocus Pocus, shame on you. You should have watched it. It's one of the best fucking movies for Halloween ever, period. Uh, but in it, there's basically these three witches that suck the souls of children by literally, like, coming up to them and, like, like as if they're, like, sucking on a straw, but they're, they're just, like, you see someone's soul leaving their body, and they're just, like, <laughs> like, they're, in, like, they're sucking up wind, like, air, basically, and they're just, like, <laughs> it's, 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 like, you don't, you're, like, yeah, that's the, what the witches do, and you never think much more of it, and then the minute I'm, like, in there, the fucking premiere, just watching it, and then you see Palpatine just, like, basically yeah. sucking their souls that's the only thing i could think of and i'm just like oh my god he's a witch i should have holy shit he's just say he's sucking the kids souls he's sucking in the children's souls so he could stay young forever it is literally the concept kathleen kennedy said oh let's take the concept of hocus pocus yeah. and put it in palpatine so he can suck the souls of children so he can stay young forever it's so fucking ridiculous but oh my god it's just watch those two things back to back just just watch that clip and then watch the clip of the emperor you're gonna see exactly what i'm talking about and you're gonna lose your mind it's just gonna break you it's beautiful okay so the trilogy as a whole for the skywalker i guess we'll call this so we have the original trilogy we have the prequel trilogy and this is the sequel trilogy so for the sequel trilogy yeah. i would say it is highly, highly rushed. It is yeah. not planned well. It's there's no good strategy behind it whatsoever. Agreed. Uh, I would say Disney screwed up immensely the minute they said, "Let's have three different directors write and direct these movies." Yeah, I absolutely that, think that's the main issue. It's just like, why would you like at least the other movies in the saga? George Lucas was like the main dude in charge of everything. So it has a co cohesive vision, but like, yeah, these three movies having initially planned three different directors just uh, obviously didn't work. And it didn't even work anyway, because it ended up being two direct directors. And then they were just like butting heads in terms of like the direction it's supposed to go. And basically they in Disney's haste, to create a quick trilogy to make a quick buck to get it out there fast. The minute they made that deal, $4 billion. We got to make some billions back. Let's, let's quick. Let's make this money back quick. Throw a movie out every single fucking year. That's a great idea, right? Let's just, let's marvelize the shit out of star Wars because that's working solo for Marvel, which it actually is. To an let's extent. make a mediocre, but it's also Han making solo everyone. Movie. I'm fucking like at certain days. I'm tired of fucking Marvel. I'm just like, uh, three movies a year. Leave me alone. Get the fuck out. Yeah. But for star Wars, you don't do that to Star Wars. There's only six movies in existence throughout how many decades? And now you're like, let's make five in five years. Or six in six years. The original plan was six movies. And only the, the episodes would be only like two, a year apart, really. It'd be like skip every other year or something. Or no, yeah, that's what it was. And it didn't work. And because the, they tried to rush it out, they, they basically started sprinting and then tripped and fell down the fucking hill. And... 
if they had, honestly, J.J. Abrams could have done a great thing with this if they just gave it to him. Uh, it probably oh, yeah. he'd have gray hair by the end of it and look like George Lucas probably, <laughs> but he or look like without without like a beard and mustache. I don't think J.J. Abrams could grow anything to be honest. Like looking at him, he's got like baby face. But he could have cohesively created this full storyline that would have made a lot more sense. Who knows? It might not have been as as people quote unquote say edgy as Last Jedi. Look how that worked out. But it would have been. It, I don't think it would have been like safe, safe. Like, like I said, Force Awakens is what exactly would have started out as, and then they could have done so much more. Uh, even I think they even made changes to Force Awakens. There were other plot details to that too, where it was literally it's a bunch of kids trying to return the lightsaber to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that was the fucking plot. It sounded like at one point. Yeah. Huh. And overall, this trilogy is just so bent out of shape. It doesn't even make any. It's like. If you look at it, the original trilogy is like, all right, here's this nicely shaped, just smooth slope that you just go straight down on. You're like, that was fun. The the prequels is like a, a loop where you're just like, all right, it's a little rusty. It's fine. This is, you know, <laughs> I'm having a good time, but you know, I'm going to check for tetanus after. I don't, I don't know if I've been infected with something. There's like a needle at the bottom, maybe at the slide. For the slope and stuff, but whatever, it's okay. I'm comparing them as slides. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So original trilogy is smooth, just like a great ride. Prequels, there's a little bit of rust there, and then there's needles at the bombers. It's a little weird. You're just like, ah, eh, but at least it's like you're not falling off it. It just it holds together. The new trilogy is like, yo, what's this? It's fucking. Why is there a hole in this slide? What the fuck is happening? This kid fell off of it. Fucking part of it's broken. Uh, this one looks nice in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, like, there's, like, I don't know why there's a spike on one piece. You get cut on the way down. Like, what's going on with this shit? It's just fucking broken. It's, it doesn't even, it doesn't even build. It's not even a bridge. You can't, it's not a set trilogy. It's barely, you can't even call it a trilogy. It barely. It could almost be just, like, three entirely separate movies. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really like, if they made 10, you could have just pushed 8 out and been like, yeah, this is the sequel trilogy. That actually the, would have been fucking hilarious if they had done that. It, it, it just look at it like James Bond. Be like, oh yeah, uh, Casino Rails, uh, fucking Force Awakens, Quantum of Solace is Last Jedi. It's just like a weird 1.5. You kind of had it there as like, pro, like a weird, like, I don't know what this is. And all of a sudden you got like, Last Jedi, no, no, Last Jedi, fucking Rise of Skywalker is Skyfall if it was done well, and then like ten would be whatever Spectre is, and then you know just fucking make it like that. I don't know why I pulled this out of nowhere with James Bond. I'm just bringing it back to the beginning when we talk about James Bond, but you know it just makes sense, does it? I don't know. I've lost my mind through this. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> I love Star Wars. Ah, uh, yes, Star Wars. Yeah, like but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like I said, I watched like basically all of the star wars movies leading up to episode nine except for the prequel trilogy because i was like fuck that until i watched episode nine i was like now i need to watch the prequel trilogy to see if it's like any better than the new trilogy Dude, i have no issue watching the prequel trilogy whenever like it's, it, it's like i'm i mean i have a good time what, what's wrong with it's a good got time? its stupid moments but it's not as 
bad as I exactly remember it Besides, being. I'd say Revenge of the Sith is probably still better than most of these movies for the new ones. That's the funny thing. Like, I still think that, like, uh, The Force Awakens by itself is a really good movie. Like, I had a lot of fun watching that, and I, I didn't personally care too much, uh, like a lot of people did, that it was a rehash of a lot of the themes from episode four. But, like, there's a lot of recurring themes in most of Star Wars anyway, because of Lucas's idea of, like, I want my movies to rhyme or whatever. Yeah. Like, so that didn't bother me. I just thought it was a really fun movie, introduced some really interesting new characters. And then, like you said, because there was, like, no direction to this trilogy, or at least no um, overarching direction or whatever because obviously it had yeah directors whatever you know what i mean it this is like it was super weird that they they set up a bunch of interesting <laughs> shit in episode seven and then in episode eight the next director was like nah fuck that shit i'm gonna do my own thing and like kill off emperors or, or supreme leader snoke and i'm gonna make kylo ren the big bad guy who's completely irredeemable at this point. And then in episode nine, the like original director comes back and he's like, nah, fuck that entire last movie, except for like the force connection thing. It just was super weird that like, well, mean to put it in a short sentence, it went, check this out. Fuck you. No, fuck you. That's the trilogy. Basically. And that just like (laughs) bothers me that, yeah, this is, like you said, this is fucking Star Wars. Like, how do you take something with the history of Star Wars and you're like, yeah, no, we can make a quick buck out of this. Let's just start making movies and it'll just work out. Which I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, it, it showed Disney can't, they they weren't able to handle it. They failed with what they had. Uh-huh. And back when it, we, it was first announced, I was excited as all hell. I was like, Star Wars movies in the 60s? That's crazy. And I never thought of it because I was also like, that was how many years ago? That was 2012. That was like seven years ago. Damn. It's eight years ago now when they bought it, I think. It was like the purchase is like eight years ago. So that means eight years ago, everyone was like, oh shit, this should be cool. And then a few people were like, they had time to plan this shit out. That's some bullshit. No, they didn't. They they took they went too fast because that first movie came what twenty sixteen. Did it? No, twenty fifteen. It came out in twenty fifteen. That means they only had Star Wars for three years, Ugh. and they already were basically like quick six movies. Yeah, and the yeah. sad thing is, it's not like all the Disney Star Wars are bad? Because, like, I still think Rogue One is pretty fucking great. Well, so that brings us to the next area. So Disney Star Wars films as a whole. Yeah. All right, so what I'm going to do, I want to do, do three things, James. I want right. to do first, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to name a, a Disney movie, and you're going to say success or failure, if you think that movie is a su- success or failure overall. Doesn't mean if you like it or not, it's just what, if you consider it a success or failure. And then um, I want you to, after that, we're going to rank from, like, highest to lowest for Star Wars Disney ones. And then we're going to rank overall all the live-action Star Wars films. 
Sound okay. good? Yeah, sure. All right. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, someone literally parked their car by having it go into the back of my car. Uh, it doesn't look damaged so far, but basically they're completely, like, completely touching. And I'm, like, waiting for them to come back, but I don't know how long they're going to be. So I'm, like, going to be running out back and forth. We'll see what's going on. Uh, so you might hear some stuff in the background just because I have, like, a garage and another door open to the outside. Some people. Whew. Yeah. So what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, Star Wars... Um, Success failure for the five movies. Um, rank them and then rank the Star Wars movies as a whole. Alright, so I'm going to name off the Star Wars Disney movies and say success or failure. Uh, Force Awakens. Success. Uh, Rogue One. Success. Last Jedi. Failure. Solo. Failure. Rise of Skywalker. Absolute failure. Okay. For me, literally exactly the same. (laughs) Uh, I thought Force Awakens and Solo were successes. The other three I consider all failures. No. What'd I say? You said Force Awakens and Solo were successes? Force Awakens Rogue One. Solo was mediocre. Yeah, so uh, I consider, yeah, the the other, basically the latter three failure, the first two good. Uh, Or success. Now... From highest to lowest, can you rank the five movies? Uh, probably Rogue One would be number one for me, just because it can stand alone by itself, and it actually fits into the original three movies a little bit, and it like doesn't ruin it. It's like a legitimately really good movie, and I actually appreciate that. Like, literally none of the main characters get out alive. Like, that's how high stakes the movie was, uh, I, which is also something I didn't expect from, like, a Disney movie. Uh, and then probably The Force Awakens, because, like I said, I still really legitimately enjoy that as the start of a good trilogy. It just is, unfortunately, in hindsight, ruined because the next two movies do, like, nothing good with what it started with. Um, and then probably... I don't know, probably Solo, and then maybe The Last Jedi, not The Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Skywalker, just slightly above uh, uh, The Last Jedi. Just because, like, there were so many problems with The Last Jedi, uh, like, thematically, that I just, it's one of those things where, like, I it's weird that I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. But the more I watched it, the more I noticed, like, how many things just, like, don't really add up or don't make sense. And okay, it's just cool. eventually that movie just fell apart for me. But like you said before, the I have my issues with The uh, Rise of Skywalker, but at least it's an entertaining movie overall. So I guess if you, like, completely cut The Last Jedi out of this trilogy... Episode 9 and Episode 7 are, like, kind of okay together, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, for me, uh, I would say it's pretty much almost exactly the same. Um, Rogue One at number one, that movie was original and just stood on its own very well. Force Awakens did indeed start it off great at a safe 
way, but still just, it worked. I liked it as well. Uh, then Last Jedi. Not Last Jedi. God damn it, I keep doing that. Fucking, I hate. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, as I'd say, number three. Um, it at least was more eventful and had more moments I actually cared about than Solo did, whereas Solo I completely forgot about, which is number four. Uh, I even talked to someone, I was like, yeah, you know, what about, where do you see Solo in, like, all the movies? And then they were like, I completely forgot that movie happened. And then, uh, in last would be Last Jedi. Now, how would you rank, uh, these five along with the prequel and original trilogy? Uh, that's gonna be really difficult, because, like, I still want to say the prequel trilogy is still, like, pretty bad just because like the writing is so like cringy and stuff like that uh so i don't want to say like out of spite <laughs> that these just i would just say list them and just see how you feel as you list them without too much just like more of like real quick just we don't need to uh, go full in um honestly i'd probably put like the Phantom Menace is from top to bottom. Uh, from, from top to bottom, probably yeah. uh, Revenge of the Sith, and then Phantom Menace and Clone Wars. And I'd probably you said how would I rank them within the Disney movies or against the Disney? How movies? would you rank all the Star Wars movies? Okay, I ooh okay. That's why I was like when That's you said you Revenge of the Sith. Oh, and then Phantom okay. Menace, I was like, so what are you, all the, the Star Wars movies. About? Okay, so yeah. probably. Basically, yeah. the three trilogies and the two. Yeah, as much shots. as I love the original movies, I get like the order of the names mixed up a bunch. So the second one was Empire Strikes Back. Yes, that one is probably my number one. It's like okay. it's pretty fucking fantastic. Uh, followed by A New Hope. Uh, the only reason why I, d- I put uh, Return of the Jedi at, like number three is just because like. I don't know, like the the cutesy Ewok stuff seemed a little unbelievable that they were able to like help at all against the Empire forces, but like it it still was like a really good movie overall, and like especially the confrontation between like the Empire or, or the Emperor Luke and Darth Vader, like that shit was great. Okay. But uh, what's next? Then I probably would put the Disney movies in between uh, the like the those the original movies and the prequel movies but I would probably put the prequel movies as I ranked them like Revenge of the Sith um, Phantom Menace uh, Clone Wars no Attack of the Clones I'd probably put them just slightly above um, the uh, last jedi and um rise of skywalker because like so you put the prequels above those two yeah actually okay because like so, like i said as a whole trilogy the prequels have some really interesting good ideas to them it's just that the writing kind of pulls it back but like the, the fact that the the new trilogy is so disjointed it like really harms it as a full as a whole Okay, so for me, it would be Empire Strikes Back, number one. Number two would be Return of the Jedi. Number three would be A New Hope. Number four would be Rogue One. 
Number five would be Force Awakens. Number six would be Revenge of the Sith. Number seven would be Rise of Skywalker. Number eight would be Solo. Number nine would be... Oh, this is where it gets hard. Number nine is a battle between Phantom Menace and The Last Jedi. Mm. So I want to say... I'm going to say Phantom Menace because of Duel of the Fates alone. That that duel itself that was, shit was amazing. great. Uh, number 10, Last Jedi. And the pod racing and Attack was of like the clones. actually pretty Attack cool. of the Clones is still the worst one. Yep. But, <laughs> yeah. But okay. So overall, we'd say the Disney films as a whole are a failure. And they just were too rushed. I would say those are the two biggest things. Yeah. And then... Um, Absolutely. When it comes to the television area, Rebels, I thought was actually good. It felt like a step down from the Clone Wars, uh, just because of you could tell it felt like even though it was a Disney movie, it had less budget somehow, which I thought was really funny because I'm like, how do you guys have less budget than Cartoon Network when you're Disney? But okay, uh, you can actually somewhat see the differences in the animation between uh, Rebels and Clone Wars. Not the the talent, but more of like you could tell there's less money in it. Uh, and then Resistance. I know you didn't watch any of the shows besides Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, for Star Wars Resistance, if you didn't see it, I didn't even bother watching it because I just looked at the animation and just kind of the style of one. It looked like it went from like, let's say, um, if Clone Wars was like Toonami. Well, actually, no. If Clone Wars was like Nick at Night and then Rebels was Nickelodeon during the day, it looked like Resistance was Nick Jr., Huh. In terms of like maturity. Okay. Because just from looking at the trailers and everything for Resistance, the animation just, they completely changed it. It looked like it was a lot more just basic. Um, I didn't like it at all. Just like looking at it, it was like, is this something I want to watch and just be annoyed? Not even by the characters or anything else, just by looking at what it looks like. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. And then I listened to some of the characters and they just, they looked too, they sounded too like more ridiculous than the first season movie of Clone Wars where you have Ahsoka calling R2 R2-y. Oh yeah. Like they just looked too cartoonish for that scale where I was like, I'm not even going to touch this one. So I forgot they started the series with that. Yeah. So it's like their television has been okay in the animated area. Uh, Rebels, like I said, was good. This was just, I didn't even want to touch it. Like, that's just how it made me feel. Uh, And then that brings us to the last uh, thing that's come out so far that we wanted to talk about, which is The Mandalorian as a whole. Uh, I really liked it. That was fucking great. I loved it a lot. Um, I would say it's my favorite thing of star wars i've seen since rogue one uh but it's something i've enjoyed more than i would say the last time i felt that good watching something for star wars was probably like playing the old star wars battlefront 2 game for playstation 2 like i liked it that much i i I think i consider liking it more than force awakens and rogue one like it was just it's the best thing disney has done since getting star wars was this show i've i would i would say yeah, I mean, 
there were a couple episodes where it felt a little fillerish. I mean, not filler, because the whole thing with the show, which I would say for people is, it's very much if Star Wars was a Western, so the pacing is going to be a lot slower, not to mention it's the first live-action Star Wars show, which means already the pacing is going to be a lot more, like, not attention span disorder than the movies, whereas the movies, I would say, to an extent, can be, depending on them. But this one's just like, or at least for the Disney ones, whereas this one is just very much like, take it slow, take it easy, it's just a good time, uh, you don't have to rush anything. And the reason it's so fun, too, is because as a Western of like, it, it, it takes a lot, you can tell John Favreau even, I think he even said, like, he took a lot of inspiration from the Man With No Name trilogy, which is those Clint Eastwood movies like, uh, for, uh, for uh, was it A Fistful of Money, A uh, Fistful of Dollars. Uh, for a few dollars more and the good, the bad, and the ugly, where he basically uh, took a lot of of everything everything that went on with that and just created his own take on it with Star Wars. Like, you have a lot of those references from those movies within this, where it's just about a, basically a space cowboy just going around the galaxy, but he has got basically like a baby companion that he feels something for which honestly is very i thought it was very heartfelt and the whole thing with baby yoda i like baby yoda because baby yoda actually works with the plot baby yoda actually furthers the plot but baby yoda's not a it's not something that takes over the whole show people act like they do with the memes and you look online and you're like oh it's a show about a little green guy and it's like no he's just like in some scenes but he's not the integral part of it he's just so adorable he doesn't that he like it. steals the scenes that he's in <laughs> Yeah. A little bit. Not entirely. But like yeah. you said, like there is a reason for him to exist. It's not like the porgs. They're just there to be cute. Well, and to cover yeah. up the puppets, but whatever. But I'm going to check on my car really fast again. While I'm doing that, James, why don't you tell me how you feel, or tell the audience how you felt about The Mandalorian so far, though. How, 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 how have you felt overall on it? Okay. So, I guess overall, like, I liked the whole season. Like, every episode was at least entertaining. Like, I forget which episode it was. It was either episode three or four that seemingly most people that I saw on the internet were complaining that, like, oh, no, the Mandalorian is, like, not that good now or whatever, which I thought was odd. And I think it's just because people are afraid that because seemingly half of Star Wars is, like, not that great that oh no what if the mandalorian also isn't good so i think that's why people were overly critical about whichever episode that like do you remember which episode it was that uh people started to kind of say like oh no what if the mandalorian isn't good episode four it was four okay which i thought it was, was re- the one that uh bryce dallas howard directed it was the one about the villagers that yeah. were being attacked by like those other those like barbaric barbarian type people yeah okay so i just thought it was really odd that people were overly cautious not cautious but like all of a sudden saying like oh no the mandalorian isn't as good as we thought it was gonna be which is weird because like i thought that i think it's because i I actually personally really liked that episode i thought it was good i i personally would say it is one of the weaker ones of the season as a whole but it's not bad. Exactly. I thought it was fine. 
Like, um, I think it's just because people are so jaded now because of everything that's happened with Star Wars. That's what I started to say. Was that like, they're very like they don't want they don't want to be like, don't don't trick me and steal my heart yeah. and break it like one episode later. Like, if there's anything about that episode in particular that I that made me personally like it more than I don't know maybe other people, like the fact that they included an ATST in it. And actually made it, like, not a fucking joke, like a chicken walker. It, like, legitimately was terrifying and just, like, fucking up the entire village. Like, just one ATST. Like, I I don't know. I thought that that was well done and actually made it seem like, oh, yeah, okay. So the Empire was definitely something to be, like, feared and stuff like that. If that's, the like, the level of weaponry they were, like, using. Like, how many ATSTs were at Hoth? Like, a fuck ton. Yeah, and uh, those were well. The AT it was ATATs at Hoth. The ATSTs were like there were, I don't know if there were more or less. At least on screen, you only see a couple. But in like when you do like the more like gameish versions and yeah. like Rogue Squadron and whatnot, there's a lot more. Yeah, I think I'm just going off of like the Rogue uh, Squadron games where there were like so many ATSTs. Oh yeah, R- Rogue Squadron. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, there's so many. Yeah, and then you have to kill them all, but you can't because it's Hoth. Yeah. yeah. So. I guess, like, I I guess let's not go over every episode individually. I just really liked the whole season overall. And, like, literally somehow they made me, like, care about pretty much every single character that they introduced. Like, the Rebel Shock Trooper was a fucking badass. She was awesome. The Mando, oh, yeah, Cara Dune. Yeah, yeah, Mando himself was, uh, like, pretty cool. Uh, I didn't think you'd actually see him take... I was like, will they show him take off his helmet? And then they do, and you're like, yeah. And like that, and the way they do that scene where he's like with IG-11, and he's like, no, Mandalorians don't take their helmet off in front of like other living things. Like, no living thing has seen my face since I took the, uh, the mask or the helmet. And he's like, I am no living thing or whatever. Like, yeah, IG-11 and, was fucking great. And it was that, that was Taika Waititi, too. That yeah. was great. Like, and I think that overall, like, there's not one bad character in this show. Like, dude, fucking Quill. There's some, there's some wacky ones that are like, oh, this one's weird or something. Where like, uh, the the two villagers that are like more cartoonish, like, oh man, we walked all the way over here. Uh, yeah. And that's why I think that's why people were like, God damn it, don't uh, make, may- don't maybe. be bad. Yeah, because but- it was like that weird cartoonish with those two guys, but like. Overall, the reason all these episodes are great because each one almost has its own tone. It could be because it's all different directors, but it's because more of like each advent you're not gonna have the same adventure every day. Each adventure each day is gonna be better, worse, funny, sad, happy, whatever. It's a whole mix of things. And this show kind of shows what that can be like in terms of being in like a more western style setting with the cowboy guy like you have everything from a heist to defend the village kind of like seven samurai i think to like oh here's the actual overarching plot to it to bounty hunter simple things with like the other guy that was like on a speeder bike i forget what that bounty hunter's name was yeah um which one is quill quill was the ugnaught oh like, yeah I, oh my god I dude love how like, sad was I it when spoken. he died Dude, that shit was... I was like, fuck, they killed Quill. <laughs> he was in, like, two episodes, and I was just like, fuck. Like, when you see his dead body on the ground, you're like, oh, no. Oh, they Actually, got he's him? he's in four. Huh? He's in four episodes. Was he? He's in episode one, 
two, and six and seven. No, one, two, oh, yeah, seven, you're eight. right. You're using like four freaking episodes. Yeah, so I forgot like, the like first half two episodes of the were like the same story. I forgot about that. Yeah, because really four, five, and six are more one shots because it's like three is him getting the bounty and then taking care of like basically like his journey back to bringing the bounty and then dealing with it. Yeah, it's just like, I four refuse is to like, like a standalone child. Yeah. And four is more of like a standalone defend the village. Five is more of like a singular need some money, do a quick bounty that's like completely separate. Whereas six then is like a heist. And then seven Which and eight awesome. are kind of like a two parter <laughs> where it's dealing with the after it's dealing with the the backlash of what you did in the first three. Yeah. Or in episode three to be specific. Like the Empire comes for the child and dude Moth Gideon. Like I wanna know more about that guy, because like how the fuck does he have the dark saber? I know, dude. That's why I'm like, dude, you need to watch Clone Wars, man. That shit's yeah. crazy. Because I uh, saw that yeah, and I was like, the, the whole thing was he has the dark saber. saber. It's a Mandalorian lightsaber, and it's one of the most famous ones. It, it it's like the the blade of like the leader of Mandalore is basically, and that means because the whole thing was he took part in the purge of Mandalore, which means like he killed the probably he killed the leader and took the the dark saber, which is insane. Yeah, and there's a lot uh, of Mandalorian history behind that saber. I've I've looked into it a bit. Cool. I think um cuz they show they basically say a majority of those Mandalorians that were on the planet die. I'm hoping though the heavy got out. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, cuz he he was pretty dope and you know who that was, right? Uh someone told me uh, who was it? John Favreau. Oh yeah. <laughs> And Dave Filoni was in it too. He was one of the X-wing pilots in the heist episode. Interesting. Along with um, I think two of the other directors were also the pilots as well. Because the whole thing was, I believe the director of episode three, and I think I forget which other episode. I forget her name, but she's going to be the one overseeing. She'll be the showrunner for the Obi Wan Kenobi series. All right, dude. How fucking awesome was the Forge Master? Oh, dude, she was dope. Dude, like, she was, she was awesome dope. from the beginning. Like, just because she has, like, a gold, like, what looks like a crown helmet. And then, yeah, like, at the like the last scene we see her in, she's, like, surrounded by stormtroopers. And just beats the fuck out of them with her, like, hammers and shit. Yeah. Like, the shot where she, like, hits one in the face and just, like, shatters the helmet. I was like, ooh, shit. She it was... Dude, she dropped awesome. a dude in the forge, and I was like, well, that dude melted. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, normally, I try not to buy shows. I It's like, they have to be very, very, very specific for me to get them. Uh, like, I've only gotten before, like, Firefly, uh, which sometimes I regret. <laughs> but uh, Firefly, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, Stranger Things, because if I like the DVD, the, the VHS-style packaging for it, specifically, to be honest. Uh, animated series shows like Batman, Batman Beyond shit. Uh, Game of Thrones, for better or for worse. I don't know if I'll, that'll haunt me from that decision. But I got like the complete series pack. But this show is the only other show right now that I, I do I do want to have. It, because even though it's on streaming, I'm like, this is some definitive Star Wars shit and I need to own it. Easily. But okay, I would say, so would you say uh, Mandalorian's a success, James? It's definitely worth a subscription to Disney Plus for at least to like watch that show. Like I don't know if and you want to keep the subscription, but it's worth it like I guess like you just said, it's worth spending money on. Yeah. And 
Looking forward, so real fast, we'll just go through the stuff that's been canceled. D&D Star Wars Trilogy, which was David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the guys of the Game of Thrones, which was Sweet Justice when we found out because of what they've done, which we've already talked about on a previous episode, so we won't really delve into it. But basically, they had a trilogy that was canceled. Uh, Ryan Johnson also has a not Skywalker-related Star Wars trilogy that if what may or may not happen is most like some predictions are Kathleen Kennedy might be forced to retire and (laughs) the Ryan Johnson, uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy may be canned within the next year or two. We'll find out. We'll see basically if there's any progress or not, if her, she's still there, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see if these weird online Reddit stuff happen. If the prophecy comes true or not. Um, But for now, we don't know for sure. The only other things we have right now going on is there's going to be a stand. I don't know if it's standalone or sequel or whatever. Kevin Feige is going to be doing his own Star Wars movie. If you don't know Kevin Feige, he's the one that basically over has overseen the Marvel Cinematic Universe and has now taken over, I think, Marvel Entertainment in general. Uh, but now he has his own Star Wars movie, too. So the man's very busy. I think, honestly, for him, he could probably do a good job. It's probably going to be... I don't even know what he's going to do, but I, I'm... I'm excited to see eventually what it is, but I'm patient. Like, uh, would you agree they should take at least two years to, at least two years to not even talk about Star Wars movies for a bit? Honestly, like yeah, just, I'd be fine they, with they need that. to take a break. Like, I think I, they need a break. At this point, we've had enough Star Wars for the last like five, six years. At least in the big screens, yeah. Yeah, like they could do but shows then, and shit. That's fine. I, I which just... they are. Uh, so for Disney Plus. There's two more shows coming. Well, we still have, uh, they confirmed Mandalorian's getting a second season, which I think comes out next fall, basically, already. Um, not complaining there. And then uh, there's going to be a show following Cassian Andor, one of the main characters from Rogue One. This will obviously take place before Rogue One since he's dead. And it's going to be Having it's gonna be him, I think, doing espionage shit, and possibly have K two S O as well as maybe probably how he meets him and whatnot. So that'll be really cool. Be and then we're gonna have a Obi Wan Kenobi show on Disney Plus too. So right now, at least, if you're looking to get some good Star Wars stuff, possibly at least just from Mandalorian as a first launch, Disney Plus seems like the better route to go at this moment, where it seems like there's not much of a rush for them. They are more, since they're shows, they're more, like, there's a lot more depth, they're spaced out, there's room for growth for all the characters and everything else, or, like, you're just getting adventures and things like that, but I'm excited to see that. So I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what Disney Plus has to offer. In regards to the, to the big screen, I would just, I, I just need a break. I don't want to hear any more news about any Star Wars movies they're going to come out to theaters. I just want it to black out. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like, they definitely don't need to Star Wars yet. Not for a little bit. But yeah, so that's pretty much everything I have. James, was there anything else? Any last thing? We're no. much closing in on three hours. Yeah, no, I think we've said plenty. <laughs> uh obviously folks this isn't going to be three hours it'll be for sure probably over two um but at least we know for sure there's at least 20 minutes here they're going to be cut out just because uh there was some 
there was multiple difficulties plus just the issue of someone basically technically hitting my car. So there's it's been a lot going on in between the 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 recording of this podcast special. But I hoped you guys liked it. Uh, we spent a good amount of time just talking Star Wars for a while. Hopefully, personally, I would rather hope that we won't be talking about it for a bit now, just because unless there's Disney Plus news for the Cassian show or Mandalorian Season 2 or anything, um, I think that's going to be it for a while regarding Star Wars, unless they somehow talk about more stuff in the theater. Or there might be more stuff about Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it'll be anything newsworthy or anything like that anything else like that so i might eventually I think that's be able to give my opinions at like the clone wars show because i kind of want to get into it at some point that's what i forgot about so yeah the clone wars show is coming back um which when it does come back i think that's the next thing coming uh, yeah. at least for disney plus star wars um so when that comes we'll talk about that that'll be the next thing we'll discuss we'll probably watch that and finish it pretty fast because i doubt we'll be waiting to watch it we'll just knock it out because I, I i doubt i'll wait i'll just want to be watching it as soon as it's out but until then so we're gonna we're gonna possibly record 35 now i'm considering it but i'm not sure at the same time because it's a little bit later and we, all the delays and everything else um and, and you're still waiting for that dude to come back for it yeah we, yeah we'll, so we'll see what happens otherwise um hope you guys like this uh if i can uh, i have to go to like a oakland later on today so hopefully when i come back i can edit and release this i look for it out i would say saturday morning just because uh why wait what am i saying this should be out probably i guess tomorrow yeah um because i'll put it out tonight and people will start seeing it tomorrow i always never understand why i say that look for it out when you're already listening to it and that's at the end of it. yeah it make any sense i'm like what the fuck am i talking about dude um but hopefully uh, if we can record 35 today Look for that out on Monday. If not, um, we'll figure it out. And I think we should be able to get it out next week at the latest. But I, I, if everything goes well, I do want to still release it by Monday. We'll see what happens. All right. Because it, it's going to be a rather short episode, I'd say. All right. For once. <laughs> Unless you have like 50 things to talk about. No, obviously. when I was doing my list earlier, it honestly was less than I ever thought. Because most of it was like just watching literally all the Star Wars movies okay all right until then folks if you have any feedback positive or negative please email us at suture side talk at gmail.com if you want us to answer any star wars questions in one of our future episodes just regular numbered uh same thing uh message that email with any questions and then uh, if you want to follow the podcast on twitter follow it at suture side talk if you want to follow james follow him on invader jim 124 if you want to follow me you can follow me at gogocomzilla and then, of course, we'll be out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. If you can, subscribe, like, or review, leave five stars, whatever it is for that specific platform. All of that will help us out. And, of course, like I said, follow us on Twitter. But, yeah, thank you guys, and have a great time. Thanks for listening.